This Lcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who's part dog, part fish, and apparently is replacing Monstro. Welcome, Jacob. I'm sorry. They said dogfish yeah. in this movie, and I thought, dogfish. Yeah, dogfish. The last time we saw dogfish was on Fievel Goes West. Fish? And it was a lot smaller. Felt a bit. And then I thought, oh, Jacob's in this movie. <laughs> Thanks a lot, as a, man. As a fish. It's a fish. And I'm just going to say this right now. That thing does not look like a dog. Yeah. It's like, uh, when did I get turned into a dogfish again, Dila? She says you weren't. Oh, well, that's good. That must have been an out-of-body experience. Yeah, I, I must have got, yeah, into, you know, <laughs> either or why thank you let me use our co-host a man who uh, if he would stop lying his nose would stop growing it would help a lot welcome drew are you saying you're getting tired of all the pollen yes <laughs> i mean it is spring yeah in in texas east texas the only people who have it worse than us our friends just the east of us in Louisiana. That's true. That would be Dallas and Celeste. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> anyway, are you ready to get into the spoiler-free section on this? Yeah, let's do that. All right. The odd thing finishes. Certified fresh and spoiler-free. So this is my first viewing. I know that's a surprise. Hmm. Uh, honestly, if we're being honest, when we first heard about them making a Pinocchio movie, what, two years ago? Yeah. I was like kind of iffy on it because we had seen the, the cart, the animated Pinocchio by that time, I mm. think, or very close to seeing it. I don't yeah, remember which. Roughly. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, that's going to be a thing. And then I remember seeing this Pinocchio, the character model thinking, well, that's an interesting design. And then I don't know what happened, but somewhere beginning of ne- the, the year after that, I found out that there was a the, the live action Disney version was being made, and mm-hmm. of course I thought, well, that's probably going to sell better, and that's going to be the one that you know probably going to do better. How on earth could? Hey, it's another Pinocchio movie. I had not mm-hmm. made the connection that Guillermo del Toro was connected mm. to this Pinocchio movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, oh, that Pinocchio movie will die to the Disney one. Oh well. And then it didn't. No. And it's actually up for an Academy Award this year. Jeez. So, uh, and this was all before I realized, oh, it's stop motion animation. Yes. Because you can't really give a hard time. It doesn't look like it in parts of this true. movie. I will say Very that. True. There's there's parts of this that I literally thought this has to be CG. Mm-hmm. Because it's moving far too smoothly for what we normally see of stop motion true and then even this as good as it is it does still have some of that little uh judderiness that you, mm-hmm. you see in stop motion yeah. sometimes like in the action shots yeah you see it but for the most part uh 
you can't hardly tell it's it doesn't look like stop motion it is yes but it doesn't look like it which is throws me threw me off the entire time i was watching this film it's like this has to be cg no it's stop motion it may have been modeled in cg and 3d printed mm-hmm. as that is a thing that they do yes. now yes agreed because this is definitely not claymation mm-hmm. but i mean it just if it, it just had it's animated so well Mm-hmm. That I was actually surprised it's at it's stop motion, but then once you recognize it, it's like, oh yeah, you can tell. There's just some things uh, they would not have done if this was uh, 3D. Yeah, you get right down to it, such as Spazitor's fur being firm, uh, be, being stiff as it yeah. is. Because if it was pure 3D, the, simu- the hair simulation artists mm-hmm. would have gone out of their way to make sure Spazitura looked as trashy as possible. Yeah considering that's what his name means ah makes sense getting more of that in the trivia mm. but i mean i and i didn't know this was going to be take place during world war ii i actually knew nothing next to nothing about this same until i hit play and i'm watching going oh this is interesting this is a different take this is some you can tell this is definitely not based on the disney version true which they try to stray away as far as they, they did go. but there's illusions there which is. i like because mm-hmm. you can't really you have to go with some things yeah uh but only two of the characters even have the same names they have in the disney version that being pinocchio and geppetto right one has got is got his name in the title of the movie so you can't change that right and the other that didn't make sense to change that either. But Jiminy Cricket, that ain't his name because his name wasn't Jiminy Cricket in the original story. No. So they couldn't use that because of copyright, mm-hmm. if nothing else. So they said they called him Sebastian J. Cricket. Yeah. Sebastian. I noticed that J yeah. very prominently. Yeah. It's like, you can't say Jiminy, but it is. Sebastian <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. Let's, let's be honest. Yes, I agree. But um, honestly, I was all... I, I was... I was still a doubter on this film until mm-hmm. after a certain character was no longer with us. I'm not going to say who it is because we're in the uh, spoiler-free section. That is true. And, but because I was kind of thinking, where, I, I, there was a bit there where I was wondering where we were going. Mm-hmm. And then that moment happened. I thought, okay, this is definitely, while this is definitely the tale that mm-hmm. I'm used to, this is not the tale that I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious where this was going, especially since I was now noticing, you know, the little things about the animation. And it's just the farther and farther it went, the more and more I kind of liked the film. Mm-hmm. I get more into that when we get into likes and dislikes. Yeah. But this is how you remake a classic film. I agree. You do. It's, I mean, you're not really remaking the film because it is being based more on the other story and mm-hmm. for no other reason than copyright right. reasons. But it, it's still a good, mm-hmm. interesting to and how they incorporate this in with its new with its uh this new setting, yeah, and time period and all that. I thought was brilliant. Yeah, agreed. It's actually a very well told story that even though you we both know the story of Pinocchio at this point because mm-hmm. we've watched two different versions of it by yes. Disney put out. Mm-hmm. So we know the story, and yet there, I, I, by the time, uh, you know, Pinocchio's going to school, mm-hmm. while well, I kind of knew what was going to happen, yeah, I was guessing. I was like on, not, I wouldn't say on the uh, the front edge of my the front of my seat or anything, but I was like, 
I gotta see where this is going. So it, this is not, this is just enough different. And the differences get more pronounced as you go to the point where by the, near the end of the film, yeah, you can see what parts of the story they're adapting, but it is an entirely different story. So it was, it wasn't a movie like normal where you have this, but like you can see project I, where they're going. I can kind of do because, yeah. but the things I could project were the things that I knew from the story. Yeah, true. It's like, I knew at some point, um, they were going to do something where he was in the circus. Right. I knew at some point he would with, uh, I keep wanting to call him Litwick. That's not his name. No. Anyway, that, but the other kid, I knew they were going to go to oh, some place. Yeah. That's Candlewick. That's Candlewick. Yeah. Candlewick. I knew they were going to go someplace that was like the carnival. Mm hmm. But I could tell in this setting it was not going to be the carnival. No, that I was that from the other things, and yet it kind of is. It is. And I know at some point they were going to be swallowed by a giant fish. I knew this. Yes, but the little, but but those while those plot those, those you know plot beacons, yeah, are there. Yeah, enough that I can focus on that and just not worry about where on earth the story is going. Yeah. I was able to get more into the details a lot faster than some movies. That is true. Cause I, cause yeah, I was still ahead, but I was not, I, I was expecting something else and being pleasantly surprised. It yeah. Was okay. Done differently. Yes. We'll get more into that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and I was surprised that this was a two hour long movie. <laughs> Because every other version of this I've seen wrapped up in a minute, an hour and a half. Yeah. And what is interesting, I, I would love to time this. I think they leave the belly of the big fish mm -hmm. in this at the same time they left the belly of Monstro in the live action, time-wise. Huh. There's no way that it was done on purpose, but I got to watch and going, isn't this about where the other movie ended? about yeah like only it's like only got one little microscopic scene after this and i think this is about the time it would have ended so these are having to hit almost at the exact same time and there's still half an hour of this movie left how are you gonna pull this off del toro i'm not gonna say Yelmo much in this because i have a hard time saying his name because i Yelmo is not the name i think it's giel gelmro yeah this is why I'm just saying Mr. Del Toro. Yeah, Del Toro. <laughs> what was the other one that, like, one of the actors? It was, uh, I, I, found, I, I, keep, I think I kept saying it was uh, Pan's Labyrinth because I yeah. was thinking it was that little girl. But the more I, I think I've, Nate corrected us. Oh, okay. Or corrected me okay. in an episode because it ended up, it was actually uh, a little girl that was in uh, Pacific Rim. Oh, and they were showing the other girl's background yeah. when she was a kid and he was directing her, but she could not say his name. He yeah. was embarrassed by it. So he gave her, since she was Japanese, mm -hmm. she gave, he gave her permission to call him Totoro. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is absolutely hilarious. My neighbor, Guillermo del Toro. Toro. <laughs> and that's the last I'm saying Guillermo. This is the last I'm saying Guillermo tonight. Cause I can't say his name. Del Toro. Mr. Mr. Del Toro. That's how I'm going to go by now. Yeah. I, I, I Actually, was, there may be one other time because I still have to read the name of this thing here in a minute. Twice. <laughs> in, in, within 30 seconds of each other. Yeah. During the production, like the, the young the young man who play, played Pinocchio and another character. Uh, so apparently, like, 
uh, Del Toro would like, you know, as long as you got the kid to do, you know, work the scene out and like he was the only actor who could do it. He could, he literally tell Del Toro to shut up. <laughs> like every time he'd be like, it's like, shut up. <laughs> well, when you got a, uh, when you've got your, your main star, you can't really get rid of them. You got to play into his ego. Well, it wasn't really more of an ego. Seven year old ego. It was. It was. It was. It wasn't really more ego at all. It was I mean, more. Facetious. Oh yeah, of course, of course. And sometimes I can't read a room, so I apologize. Um, but like, it, it's similar to that. I think Del Toro just has has his way with working with people. Definitely mm-hmm. kids. Oh yeah, he appears to be very good with kids. Yeah. And apparently, like one of his favorite actors to work with according to the what movies i've seen that he this rom perlman yeah perlman pops up in a lot of his stuff yeah and he's got an interesting character in this one true so what are your spoiler free thoughts my spoiler free thoughts in this film this is just an absolute jewel of a film it like you're talking it's got a wonderful story great uh stop motion animation to just like story dynamics and to it takes the classic story, what we know from the Disney adaptation and changes it just enough to be like, it hooks you like Drew was saying a minute ago to where you see all the, the beacon markers throughout it. And it's like, okay, I know where this movie is going, but they change it just enough to where it, it hooks you right there. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is where they're going with the story, but we're changing it. Like I think the uh, the the main villain who was supposed to be the main villain, they completely they had the model completely done, and then Del Toro was like, ah oh, no, be like I, I want this guy as the main character. Yeah, yeah, that I was fascinating. I don't know if, was, don't know if you call him the main villain, but he's the one who would have yeah been the character who uh, drove the uh, cart to the donkey. Yeah, uh, to, with the donkeys. Yeah, they they did take him out to focus more on the other two characters yes yes but like like they're gonna be like it's a beautiful adaptation and this is honestly i think works just as good i agree i especially, agree especially with counts uh volpe no not count volpe podesta podesta that's who i mean podesta okay with, with, with what he's gonna be what he's doing with those kids Gee, yeah yeah uh Oh my gosh, yes. Be like, I love this film. Be like, I'm not gonna be, you know, coy or shy about it. I love it. It's got such it it turns the story just enough to where it doesn't completely derail the story and goes a different direction, like you know, some films do. Right. But this movie keeps to its core what the story was, but changes it just enough, gives you a little historical stuff in between. And oh my gosh, this is one of my likes I'm gonna get into later but I'm not going to tell you what it is until we get into our, my, my likes, but there's a certain character pops up and I'm laughing my butt off. Every time this character pops up, I'm like, <laughs> this is all they do. This character. Awesome. Cause he's mentioned throughout the entire movie. And then he finally shows up. I was like, Oh my gosh. They did it. And Oh my gosh. So yeah. Uh, the, uh, the character who is voiced by uh, Tom Kenny. Yeah. Voiced by Tom I Kenny. I thought so. Yep. Voiced by Tom Kenny. So I thoroughly, I enjoy the mess out of this film. It's uh, one of these movies that you definitely need to go watch. And I hope Netflix puts this out on Blu-ray DVD or 
because good luck with Netflix because they're getting as bad as everybody else That's by true. not putting stuff in physical media. True. Everybody should be putting stuff in physical media after a certain amount of time. True. I understand an exclusivity of a month to two months, even three months. I will even give you six months. Mm -hmm. Year if it's if it's a holiday film, because that yeah. makes a lot of sense. True. But it needs to come to physical. He's going to physical media eventually. Yeah, because some of us, some of us are collectors. Collectors. <laughs> you should see my collection. <laughs> Special thanks to uh, Ashley uh, Ruiz for these, by the way. Mm -hmm. The Kingdom Hearts characters here tonight. Yeah, of course. Right. I, I, for those of you who are in the audio version. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a nice surprise when I walked yeah. in the studio. That was nice. While I was going, my internet's down. <laughs> um, so yes, I thoroughly enjoy this movie, and I think we're gonna have a lot of fun reviewing oh, yes. this film. So yeah, that's my spoiler for your thoughts. Well, then let's go ahead and get into those spoilers uh, right now. The following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Listener discretion is advised. I'm a real boy. News to me. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio was written and directed by Guillermo del, del Toro, Toro, who also wrote, wrote and directed Pacific Rim. The first one. Yes. Not the second one. Yeah. It was also directed by Mark Gustafson, who was the animation director on Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, okay. We've already reviewed that. But this so is his full first full directorial debut, even though he's helping Gilmo. Oh, uh, okay. So Gilmo didn't direct he, it. He directed it, but someone, I assume he's doing it. Uh, Mark Gustafson was doing the animation directing. Oh, okay. That's, that's an entirely that more sense. That is an entirely yes, different agreed. skill set. Agreed. agreed. Directing yeah. live action. Yeah. Agreed. So I'm sure Mr. Del Toro was in the studio with the people, with the, mm -hmm. the cast. Yes. When they were recording the audio and doing the direction there. Uh, it was also written by Patrick McHale and Matthew mm -hmm. Robbins. Mm -hmm. Getting into the cast, we've got Ewan McGregor playing the cricket mm -hmm. hello there mr sebastian j cricket mm -hmm. he is of course obi-wan kenobi in star wars hello there but he was also christopher robin and christopher robin that's true i haven't seen that movie yet you need to it's a fun movie okay it's a fun little uh I, I wouldn't say it's kind of a sequel a good sequel to uh or extension really Extension's a better term okay for uh winnie the pooh because it's what happens when Christopher Robin grows up? Okay, that makes sense. And the 100 Acre Wood characters go and find him. Mm. Anyway, David Bradley played Geppetto, and he played Mr. Filch in Harry Potter. That is true. Oh, my gosh. I love that actor. He's so good at everything. Mm -hmm. Everything you see him, and he's good. Oh, yeah. Gregory Mann played both Pinocchio and Carlo. Mm-hmm. And uh, he played a character named William Monmouth in the TV show Victoria, mm. which I think was about Queen Victoria. Sounds like it. But I could be wrong. Part there. of history. Burn Gorman played the priest, and he played a character named Striver in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh, okay. Interesting. Ron Perlman played Podesta, mm -hmm. and he was Hellboy. Yeah. In the good Hellboy movies. Yeah, which was also directed by Guillermo Sotoro. Hey, notice how i said the good hellboy movies. yeah the good hellboy movies 
one, two, not the remake they did a couple of years ago, which right. we reviewed on uh movie, movie of the, the week, week podcast. podcast. Go listen to that one. Yeah. John Turturro played the Torre, and he was Pete Hogswallop in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I've only seen that movie once. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but I'm probably going to go back and rewatch this. Because, I may make, oh my gosh, you never see it. What? 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 I may make you, you like this movie. <laughs> I may make you watch it. Make me watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, as a part of the show. Oh, okay. <laughs> like you're going to sit here and be a good boy. Watch this movie. You're going to like it. <laughs> and I, but I have a suspicion that may become like a discussion on like our Galaxy Quest episode of Movie of the Week podcast, where I still don't understand. <laughs> What's wrong with you on that? I don't know. Either way, Finn Wolfhard played Candlewick, mm-hmm. and he played Mike Wheeler in Stranger Things. Yes, he did, and also in Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, well, the, had a different name. That yeah, he was movie. a different character. In Ghostbusters. character. <laughs> yeah, he, that would be a weird crossover. That would be a crossover, <laughs> and I would be there for it. But yes. that's not how that works. Right. Um, Kate Blanchett played Spazatura. And she was Galadriel and Lord of the Rings. <laughs> she went from the fairest maiden, elvish, elvish maiden in all of Lord of the Rings to garbage. Because <laughs> that's what the name means. That's what Spazatura oh, means. Oh my gosh. What was it? Uh, I, like, I had to pick you. I picked you up yesterday because of your car issues as we we're going to, to uh, just uh, bottle study. Yes. And I said, did you catch you Kate Blanchett played in this yes. film? Yes. And you you realize like uh Kate Blanchett be like she she was just, she, she was she, she wanted, just wanted she to wanted to be in a government film. And see, I don't care and what then, it is. This was the only character they hadn't <laughs> cast. Yes, the monkey. <laughs> and she does a fantastic job. Oh yeah. Tim Blake Nelson played the Black Rabbits. Oh four Black Rabbits. Yes. And he played Delmar O'Donnell in Oh Brother Where Art Thou? hear a theme coming along here hey, when both of the co-stars mm. yeah well besides george clooney right are in it you kind of have to mention it you, I, I like very do, very i true. like to do themes when they exist true true christoph waltz played mm. count volpe mm-hmm. and he was blofeld in no time to die mm-hmm. but not the other instances of that movie of those of that of those uh tr- uh james bond movies from that era really because he always changes how he looks. That's so, true. That's true. He does. Tilda Swinton played both the Wood Sprite and Death. True. Both sisters. And yes. she was the ancient one in Doctor Strange. Uh, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Quite possibly the funniest one. Tom Kenny played the sea captain. Right hand man. And Benito Mussolini. <laughs> and of course, Tom Kenny is most famous for playing SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> so he goes from SpongeBob sponge... was Mussolini. Can oh. you talk about a good way to just. I, I'm sure this was not Del Toro's thought process when he made this casting. Right. But in my mind, it's like, how do you show. You really hate a, a, a famous person. <laughs> Cast them with a voice actor who's most well known for playing a sponge who's ready. Who can't even pass his boating license so he can drive. 
who's best friends with a pink starfish. Oh, that's too funny. And works for Lex Luthor. I mean, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> You're not kidding. You're not kidding. Also, fun fact, our Kingdom Hearts connection is Tom Kenny. Of course. Because along with playing those roles I just mentioned, in Kingdom Hearts 3 specifically, because the actor who was doing it previously had passed by the time Kingdom Hearts 3 was being run, yeah, he played Rabbit. Oh. So there's another Winnie the Pooh connection for you right mm. there. But that's what I've got in our cast list. What do we got in info and stuff? All right. So info and stuff. We have IMDB is a 7.6 out of 10. Needs to be higher. Yeah, agreed. It does. Uh, production was Netflix animation. Double Dare You Productions. Shadow, uh, Shadow Mechanic. Shadow Machine? Shadow Machine. Sorry, I, I think misread that's what it. Was. Yeah, it's Shadow Machine. I just misread it. Yep. My apologies. The Jim Henson Company and Taller Del Choco. It sounds like it's probably Del Toro's company. Probably. That's what it looks like. I can spot it. Oh. Right yeah, there. Taller Del Choco. That's yeah, Taller Del Chucho or something. I don't or know. Chucho. It's Spanish. I don't know. Yes. So uh, distribution, obviously, Netflix. His release date, and this has got a bunch of different release dates, uh, October 15, 2022, at the BFI, the London Film Festival, and it was released. It's got, uh, I didn't realize this when I was putting the notes. Um, it was released in the United States on November 9th, 2022, and to Netflix on December 9th, 2022. Mm-hmm. thought that was a little weird. Uh, streaming. And apparently it went to theaters and in some places in like Mexico. So one of the rules for in order to be in the Academy Awards is that a film must be shown in a theater. That makes sense. In the within the previous year. So in order for all the big streaming services to still get their stuff considered, mm. a lot of times they will do a limited release mm. around the time or just before mm. uh the movie comes out so that, that is true so that it can be shown to theater uh they did this with uh, netflix also did this with glass onion a month before it came to uh, the streaming service. oh that makes sense and it was on thanksgiving weekend when i couldn't go because i would have seen that in a theater in a heartbeat yes <laughs> if it had been local because i would have had to go to dallas to see it hey could have made a trip out of that it's been awesome <laughs> There's not many movies that would... Well, okay, A, had there not been other considerations... True. Because it was Thanksgiving weekend. True. I'm not saying I would not have strongly considered... Yeah. ...making that trip. It's like, hey, Mom, can I get a box to go? I gotta drive. <laughs> I must see Daniel... Uh, James Bond <laughs> fight Drax uh, and four other people whose names I can't think of and try to figure out... Who murdered who? The per- the person. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing. I can barely talk about that movie. Yeah, without spoiling without anything. spoiling it. Right. At the same time, to quote Daniel Craig in that movie, it's just dumb. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> All right. So going into streaming, it had a budget of uh, streaming and theater. So it had a budget of thirty five million dollars. Uh, on Netflix alone, it's wall. It's uh. It had um, 
1.91 million hours viewed worldwide. Okay. And theater for its limited release, it only it made one hundred eight dollars and ninety nine hundred and sixty seven cents, or thousand yeah one hundred ten one hundred one hundred eight thousand dollars and some change. Right. For a limited release movie, that's not bad. Yeah. All right. So that's all I have for on um, info and stuff. Let's hit the summary then. In Italy during World War II. In a drunken rage 20 years after losing his son Carlo to an aerial bombardment, the carpenter Geppetto cuts down a pine tree and uses it to create a wooden boy. The wood sprite brings the puppet to life, christening him Pinocchio, and assigns Sebastian J. Cricket to guide him as his conscience, promising Sebastian a wish in exchange. Geppetto wakes up to a living Pinocchio but becomes terrified and fed up with his antics, resulting in the village Podesta ordering Geppetto to send Pinocchio to school. On his way, Pinocchio is intercepted by showman Count Volpe and his monkey Spazzatura, who bring Pinocchio to their circus. Geppetto arrives to take Pinocchio back, resulting in a confrontation between him and Volpe that ends with Pinocchio being fatally hit by a truck. In the afterlife, he meets the Wood Sprite's sister, Death, who explains to Pinocchio that he is immortal. There, there's a scary thought. Yeah. And revives him when an hourglass empties. Death cautions that... The more he dies, the more time he will spend in the afterlife. After returning to the mortal realm, Pinocchio decides to earn money for Geppetto by performing in the circus, as well as to avoid being conscripted into the army by the Podesta. In an attempt to reinstate himself as a circus star, a jealous Spazzaturek reveals to Pinocchio that Volpe is conning him out of the money he falsely promised to send to his father. Mm-hmm. Hearing this, Volpe viciously beats Spazzaturek, upsetting Pinocchio. In order to sabotage Volpe, Pinocchio performs a song ridiculing Benito Mussolini while Mussolini is in attendance. Mussolini has Pinocchio executed and the circus burned. Once revived, Pinocchio finds himself being taken by the Podesta to a boot camp where other boys are trained to fight in the war. Pinocchio befriends the Podesta's son, Candlewick, who is afraid of disappointing his father. After a training game between two teams led by Pinocchio and Candlewick ends in a tie, the Podesta orders Candlewick to shoot Pinocchio. Candlewick refuses and stands up to his father. The training camp is then bombed by Allied aircraft, killing the Podesta, while Candlewick and the other boys flee. Pinocchio is captured by Volpe, who tries to burn him to death as revenge for ruining his career. Spazzatura saves Pinocchio, resulting in Volpe falling off a seaside cliff to his death, alongside Pinocchio and Spazzatura during a struggle with the monkey. Lost at sea, Pinocchio and Spazzatura are swallowed by a giant dogfish. Arp, arp. Inside the monster's belly, Pinocchio and Spazzatura find Geppetto and Sebastian, who are also swallowed during their search for Pinocchio. Thanks to an idea by Sebastian, Pinocchio lies to make his nose grow into a large branch, thus forming a bridge leading out of the monster's blowhole. Making their escape as the monster attempts to eat them again, Pinocchio sacrifices himself by detonating a naval mine inside the monster, killing them both. Upon meeting Death again, Pinocchio demands to be sent back early to save Geppetto from drowning. Death warns him that that doing so will make him mortal, but Pinocchio breaks the hourglass to return and ends up drowning while saving his father. The wood sprite reappears to a mourning Geppetto, and Sebastian uses his wish to make her revive Pinocchio. Pinocchio returns home with his father, Sebastian, and Spazzatura to live together as a family. Outliving all of his loved ones, Pinocchio decides to travel the world. Getting into the trivia for this, 
Kate Blanchett told Guillermo del Toro that she wanted a part in this film during working on Nightmare Alley, but the only character that hadn't been cast yet was Spazzatura the monkey. To del Toro's surprise, Blanchett wanted to voice the character anyway, even though they have little actual lines and spent most of the film making sounds. In the making of documentary, Blanchett and del Toro confirmed that she enthusiastically told him, I'll do anything. For you, I would play a pencil. I want to see Kate Blanchett playing a pencil now. By the way, this is the longest stop-motion animated film. Really? Full stop. Because most of the stuff times, they ended an hour and a half. True. Geppetto's deceased son is revealed to be named Carlo. This is most likely an homage to Carlo Colidi Lorenzini, who wrote the original Pinocchio story in 1883. Hmm. On November 10th, 2017, Guillermo del Toro announced that the project was canceled. On October 22nd, 2018, however, Netflix announced that del Toro was brought on board to direct a stop-motion adaptation of Pinocchio, and del Toro himself tweeted concept art that shared identical character designs for his original Pinocchio project. Unlike most versions of Pinocchio, which take place in 1800s Italy, Guillermo del Toro decided to set this version in 1930s Italy under the rule of Benito Mussolini and the National Socialist Fascist Party. Mm. This is the third time that del Toro has set a film during a real-life political event after The Devil's Backbone in 2001, which took place during the Spanish Civil War and Pan's Labyrinth, which also took place during the Spanish Civil War. Oh, during and after the Spanish Civil Wars when those two films took place. Sorry, I read that wrong. Either way. The reason the cricket is constantly subject to amusing injuries, one of which prominently involving a hammer, is likely a nod to his fate in the original book where Pinocchio gets annoyed by him and smashed him with a hammer and then spent the rest of the novel as a ghost. Not to mention Sebastian is basically telling the entire story from beyond the grave anyway. True. At the beginning of the film, Geppetto's Jesus Christ sculpture is missing its left arm. When Pinocchio comes back to life at the end, he's missing a left arm as well. Mm -hmm. Interesting. In the book and most previous adaptations, Lampwick slash Candlewick is treated as simply a bad kid who pays the price for being disobedient, an unsympathetic anti-role model. This movie's version of Candlewick, on the other hand, is given a legitimate Freudian excuse, and his capacity for disobedience is treated as a much more ennobling quality. Mm. The entire Land of Toys plot is removed from this version of the story, with the coachman character instead being reimagined as the Podesta, a fascist government official who wants to turn Pinocchio and the other young boys into soldiers for the regime. As a result, Candlewick and the other boys are never transformed into donkeys, but are instead left to an uncertain doom as a military, military training camp is bombed. I would like to point out that they were training them to be soldiers in Mussolini's army, mm -hmm. which could be considered the same as turning them into donkeys. True. Which is the nice way of saying the word I wanted to use, mm -hmm. but this is a family-friendly podcast. True. When Pinocchio arrives at the military training camp, there's a brief montage of boys climbing up ropes echoing the scenes of Pleasure Island in the 1940 version, which featured a lot of boys climbing under roofs and jumping out windows. This subtly tells the viewer that the training camp will be the story's equivalent to Pleasure Island. The difference is, in the Disney movie, it's a place where boys misbehave and run wild, while here, they're all doing exactly what they're told, and are implicitly miserable throughout. 
Pinocchio, using his nose as a means to escape from the terrible dogfish, harkens back to the 1996 live-action film that does the same thing, even down to one of the intentional lies being the declaration that he hates his father. Pinocchio keeping Sebastian's body in a to rest in a box of matches that he carries inside his chest is a stealth shout-out to the Charles Dickens story, The Cricket on the Hearth. Hmm. Last but not least, unlike the original story and his many adaptations, this version of the titular character was made not out of love, but out of Geppetto's grief at losing his child, mm-hmm. Carlo, during the Great War. And his body is highly distorted due to Geppetto building him in a fit of drunken rage. Not only is he ostracized by the townsfolk for being a living puppet, which they assume to be a work of the devil or of witchcraft, but Geppetto constantly demanding him to behave like Carlo instead of let him be his own person, forced Pinocchio to join the circus to get some money for his father. Hmm. And that brings me to the end of the trivia. What is our first like? Your first like, sir? My first like. This, I was not expecting this opening. No, I wasn't either. I yeah. was not expecting the setting at all. Yeah, I was expecting 1800s Italy. Yeah, something like that. But no, be like we're we're in you know the 20th century, and the beginning like the very end of the Great War is, as most people now know, World, World War One. But it's just like okay, this is cool, and you see what's going to happen. I'm like, oh no. But it's just it's so well done because you get this great yeah. setup with Geppetto and his son and their dynamic and how much be like as a father son relationship, the the love they have for each other is so well done. And then it's just blown to kingdom come mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. And I just like you're you're sitting there, you, you like you you have that be like it's a stop motion figure. But you feel the grief for Geppetto. It's it's because I think in other adaptations it's mentioned that he had a son. I believe. Uh, I believe so, but it's never been a full on uh, in your face sort of thing. Yeah. In most cases, uh, it really does start like right before, right as Geppetto is finishing building the puppet. Right. Just as Jiminy Cricket's arriving. Right. It so, makes sense because Jim Cricket's selling the story. That is true. So and you you have these these this dynamic moments of where Geppetto just goes in this deep state of depression to where he 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 longs for his son and he spends what sound the the gulf between the Great War and World War Two was well. This isn't exactly World War Two yet. It's it's like it's the, the er, it's the early it's the early. Yeah. So that would have been like the late nineteen eight nineteen eighteen to about nineteen twenty, like oh like almost in the thirties, like, closer to nineteen thirty eight. Yeah, the, I don't remember when the other. Mussol- I, I know I know Mussolini and Hitler came to power like during the early thirties, if not yeah, the it was late like, 20s. It was like uh Mussolini took over in 1934, I believe. Yeah. Then, this feels uh, like it's got to be closer to when the actual war was just starting. Yeah, it was Europe. just starting. So that would have been uh like 1930, like 36. 
like 36, 38, yeah. 37. So that been around that time. So Geppetto has been mourning this entire time, but and, not yet. which is like, it's, it's, it's great how they do that. And definitely how he, in his own rage that he's going to, um, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, his son back to life. I don't think he ha- he was really thinking that clearly. No, he wasn't. He, he was, was just, dr- he, he was in, drunk and he in, was upset. Right. He was drunk, upset. He because he saw that tree that from the pine cone mm-hmm. that his boy went back into the church to get, mm-hmm. and that's why he, the kid died. Yeah, and he planted it. He he buried it with the boy, or planted it like just as almost as his headstone. Yeah, you get right down to it, and in his grief, he cut the tree down. Mm-hmm. And that's what he built Pinocchio out of. Yeah. But he was not intending it to come to life for anything. No, like that. no, no. Just, just, just in his, yeah. his drunken stupor and his, his, uh, the delusional mind that like, I, I'm going to bring my son back to life. And in a way he does in a way yeah. through the, the, the Sprite Sprite. Am I saying that right? Wood Sprite. Yeah. Wood Sprite. But there again, that's another good we'll, departure. We'll, but we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. So that's that's my that's my first like of this movie. It does such a hard opening and kind of rips your heart open a little bit, and you know allows the story to come in. Mm-hmm. And I was just like that was so well done, especially when the uh, the bombers are coming over the first time. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's what's gonna happen. Especially when they we when uh, I keep on calling Jiminy, but when Sebastian says. Mm-hmm. The worst part was is that hit, that their town was not even on the list of targets. It was just they were uh, dumping their payload, dumping their d- dumping the ammunition to get rid of it, so that we could they could fly back to where they were going. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's even worse because it's not even intentional. intentional. It's like literally, it's just like, eh. yeah, casualties so of war. I'm gonna be- jump off of that and but expand on it. Yeah, go my first it. like for this film is the adaptation of the of, yeah. of the original story agreed uh yeah one of the issues i generally run into with different versions of a story is that there's usually one version and it's usually the older version mm-hmm. <laughs> that i prefer because a lot of times if you're making a a you're, if you're remaking a film it's not because that fi- the previous film was bad right it's because it was so good you th- thought it could be a quick buck True. Granted, I don't think that's what Del Toro was doing, but this no. is the thought process that goes through my mind. Fair, fair. So, it's natural to compare and natural to think that the original would be the better film. I don't believe you can actually fairly compare this okay. to the original film. It's natural too, don't get me wrong. But comparing this film to the original Disney film would be like comparing the Dark Knight trilogy to Batman 66. Mm. I'm sorry, they're different things. Same character, same adaptation, uh, adapting the same thing, yeah. but adapting them entirely differently. It's 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 like uh, Sh- Shrek being uh, adaptations of the old fairy tales. It's not, mm-hmm. and yet it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so... I went into this thinking we were going to get, you know, just another hackneyed um, Pinocchio Disney ripoff film. And I was pleasantly surprised moments after starting the film that it really wasn't. Because I'm, uh, so every time they make changes, 
to what I know of as the story, which technically they can't actually True. adapt the Disney version itself because of the way copyright works. They are having to go back to the original story. I actually liked this version better mm. because, yeah, it's probably going back to the original story and taking elements and then telling an original story, of course, based on those elements, since the original story was written long before World War One or World War Two. Uh, so his the, the changes he made were appropriate. Yeah. So many films that we see that are an ad- adaptation of uh, another work. Yeah. That, uh they make to change they'll make changes either to make it more darker or something like that you yeah know? and i'm like you didn't have to do that you, you need to give people what they're you need to give people what they want it needs right. to be a good it needs to be a good representation of the original story mm-hmm. now granted i have not read pinocchio i cannot tell you if it's a good adaptation of that what i can tell you is this this film was true to the spirit. Agreed. That the original Disney film was also true to. They're two different films. They're telling two different stories mm-hmm. and differently, but it's true to the spirit. Yes, there are similar plot lines, but it's because it's they're both technically an adaptation to the story, and they're both good adaptations of the story. True. But I don't feel it's right to compare the two because they're doing two different, entirely two different mm-hmm. things. Um, but the idea of yeah, we still get the circus scene, and I love that the mm-hmm. the puppet circus is down on its luck because nobody goes to circuses in, in the during the 1930s because that fad passed in the 1800s. Yeah. So while it was a big deal in the 1800s, it's long passed by this point. So yeah, that is yeah, true. That's a great way to reuse mm-hmm. that. I love the idea that the place where the ki- they're sending the kids to be turned into donkeys of a mm. sort. <laughs> and this, instead of it being, oh, we're just misbehaving boys and we're going to take advantage of their misbehavior to magically turn them into things that are useful right. for adults. Mm. It's, we're going to train you to be soldiers so you can kill so that the people in charge don't have to get their hands dirty. That's true. And basically, you're a cannon partner. Right. And then it's like, and, and then you're looking at, granted, a lot of these characters feel original. Yeah. But they're not. The Podesta is basically the uh, carriage driver. Yeah. From uh, the post round carriage driver. The, um, I can't think of his name, but the, the circus owner is, of course, the adaptation of the circus owner mm-hmm. spazatura do you remember the cat from the from the disney version that was supposed to be re- voiced by mel blank but yes. then all his lines got cut that is who spazatura is based off of really that character really yes that makes but, sense yeah it makes a lot of sense um and you find you see those things all throughout it. it's like Yes, they're not the same characters, but mm-hmm. they are close enough that I'm happy with them. And in some ways, they're telling a much better, deeper story than Disney. Walt Disney was interested in telling back then because Walt Disney was making these things for kids. True. This movie is, while kids can watch it, it's not made for kids. No, it's, it's not. It's made for adults to get into because there's a lot of deep, dark 
stuff that happened a lot of dark stuff that happens in this film agreed uh i just think the adaptation of this while definitely different than what disney went with both Very true. in the uh cartoon and in the live action one we we watched last year mm-hmm. I think it's actually a much better way of doing. I think it's a much better adaptation. Personally, I consider this the better film. Okay. But a lot of that is also because this is newer and the old one, while it's still good, it's got a lot of culture that is far enough separate from me that I don't fully understand it. I gotcha. Because let's face it, the 1940s were a long time ago. Very true. And this is definitely, while it takes place in the 1930s, it's still more of a modern day film because of the way art is made. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, the adaptation process for this, the adaptation choices is my first like. Because okay. it's, it's adapted so stinking well. Agreed. What's your second like? My second like? Yeah, mine goes in the exact same direction your does. It's this amazing retelling of the classic story but done in such a dynamically different way that it's like I me mean, like, yeah, all your, your core characters are there. They're slightly different. Uh, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because the, in the original, in the original book, in the original story that um, cricket is actually smashed very early on before he goes to school. Yeah. Very early my on. understanding. And then the rest of the film, he the rest of the book, He's a ghost. Yeah. So but the, he is still the narrator of the story. Yeah, he's still the narrator. But in this one, be like, and that's my understanding because I haven't read the book. Same here. You you and McGregor does an amazing job as oh, yeah. as as the as cricket. And it's just like the entire time he's getting smashed the entire time. I'm like, it's like, oh death, oh the pain. <laughs> I especially <laughs> liked the scene when uh Geppetto is just catching up to where Pinocchio is at the yeah. circus. And he sees the cricket because he's not, he's not even talked about the, even acknowledged the cricket's existence up yeah. to this point. Yeah. Except you kind of know he knows he's there. Yeah. And he sees him underneath the, whatever it was that, that fell on him at the, in the end of the last scene. Oh yeah. 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 He picks it up and you, you think, and you, you just see the look on Geppetto's face. Like, is he dead? <laughs> and he just goes over there. <laughs> I saw that and cracked. Oh up. my gosh! Yes. So, be like, in, in a small way, I'm going to adapt what I just said. You McGregor as Cricket. What's his, what's his name? Sebastian J. Cricket. Sebastian J. Cricket. Every single scene Sebastian is in is just gold. Oh my gosh! So such good performance by you McGregor because you McGregor is an amazing actor. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen it. Because most people be like, oh, he's in Star Wars. He's not a lot I mean, more in Star is. Wars. Yeah, he's in Star Wars, of course. Not saying he isn't. No, of course but not. But he's a lot. Ewan McGregor is one of the few people out there mm-hmm. I can say that even no matter what movie he's in, mm-hmm. I will at least enjoy his part. Yeah, it. exactly. He, I have yet to see him turn in a bad performance. Yeah. If you know of one, send it to me. I'll probably find a way to defend it. Okay. I am including the men who stare at goats with this, by the way. I haven't even heard of this one. No, I have heard of it. I you have heard it. of it. I have heard of it. It's a weird, strange movie, but I like that's I right. Like that's right. The yeah. Character this. Yes. But Ewan McGregor's performance as the cricket is absolutely hysterical. I, I am like, I, I am 
I'm nipping at the bit every time he comes on screen. He says something, he does something. Uh, his character just comes to life because of you McGregor's performance, and I absolutely loved it to death. Because the like, there's the like, there there are so many great performances, but you McGregor's performance as Cricket is just amazing. So yeah. Yeah, Hugh McGregor, awesome. My second like for this is Guillermo del Toro's character design. Oh, yes. Specifically, the Black Rabbits. Oh, my gosh. The Wood Sprite. Yes. Death and the uh, the Wood Spirits that we yeah. saw there. It's del because, Toro all over the place. You're watching it, and it's like del Toro has two modes. Close enough to everyone else, you would you would be you would be surprised to learn that it was him. Yeah, and then crazy stuff that is from your nightmares, and yet it's not. Yes, <laughs> because you look at it, and go that is Del Toro through and through. Mm-hmm. I could see this in Hellboy. I could yes. see this in Pan's Labyrinth, mm-hmm. like that. Yes, and yeah, it's like that is strangely beautiful. Yes. And yeah, that's just his designs. Over he, he, the only, there's only the only other person I can think of that ha- filmmaker has a distinctive design mm-hmm. that I would say that is their design would be uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, because his designs are very distinctive. Also, yes. Uh, but I prefer <laughs> Del, Del Toro's Toro. designs mm-hmm. because it just looks his when he's designing monsters, mm-hmm. which. I'm sorry, death and the wood sprite yeah. and the um, the bunny the black rabbits. Mm-hmm. They're monsters. They are monsters. You might as well call them like they are. Yes, they're good. Most of them are on Pinocchio's side, mm-hmm. but they're monsters and they look amazing. Yes, there's so- not something anyone else would do, and they would never do it right. So yeah, yeah. I really love Del Toro's uh, design specifically for those characters. We'll say also his designs for every other character in this film, which yeah. I, I assume he designed all the rest of the characters too. Yeah. Especially Mussolini. Yes. <laughs> we'll get to Mussolini in a minute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like his designs. I, I, I agree with you there because like when, but like Pinocchio design is so, you know, interesting, interesting because it's how, you know, he carves them and he doesn't finish them because he's drunk. Mm-hmm. But when Pinocchio comes to life, Oh, that animation, that animation beautiful. is beautiful, but frightening. It's like, Oh my gosh, get that thing away from me. Especially when he's moving. Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh, there's something. And just like tumbling over himself. Right, it, it's just like, Oh my gosh, what kind of freaking sign thing is this? Yeah. Cause that's the thing. You go back to the original Disney mm-hmm. film. And for the most part, Pinocchio is just a human that happens to have joints. Yeah, and just joints. Like, the, oh. way, the way he's animated. Yeah. Yes, there are times when Disney kind of plays into the fact that he's a puppet, mm-hmm. but it's not really that often. Right. This, you have no day. His entire movement is never feels like it's a real human person moving around. In yeah. It's, it's, it's a puppet. That's is, brought you to can life. definitely tell it's a puppet brought to life, which is both creepy and interesting at the same time. Yes. A lot more better done. I think than uh, cause that's the thing is the puppet, especially from this era really mm-hmm. should be a little creepy. 
yeah, to agreed. our modern sensibilities. Agreed. The only thing that would have been creepier is if he'd somehow painted him up to be like a Stephen King clown. Oh my god. Like gosh. Pennywise. Yeah. But uh yeah. Sorry, I jumped in on what no, you were you're good, you're good. No, but um my my uh yeah, because that the design wise is so incredible because I haven't seen Pan Pan's Labyrinth yet, but oh my gosh, from the design perspective is frighteningly beautiful and mm -hmm. i agree with you there so you mentioned somebody i mentioned a moment ago oh no so, don't tell me we have the same third light yes you do <laughs> el Duce, el Duce. 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 el Duce. <laughs> benito mussolini. mussolini oh my you know, gosh <laughs> you know it's funny uh mussolini is one of those names that you learn about in like high school history class right where it's like yeah he led fascist italy are we going to talk about fascist italy no no we're going to focus on hitler because that's what you all know yeah. so we get we get mussolini in this i'm like the, the surely they'll just character. keep mentioning him surely they'll, they'll only just meant they'll only mention him they'll never do the whole thing uh-huh and they have him in there yes <laughs> i was like oh no what is it going to do? What is it going to do? And they do it. Oh, my gosh. So set up. I, I'm, so, gonna, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm trying to let you talk since you actually are getting the one to say this. Because, But I'm going to be, I'm going to have to say something when you're done. Yes, yes, yes. If you don't so, touch on it. Oh, okay. Or I may have so, to, oh, so you're this, touching on so it. Anyway. Be like, the entire movie be like, it's it's in fascist Italy during World War II. And uh, they keep talking about, uh, you know, you know. El Dolce, El Dolce. Yeah. The entire time. And it's like they keep um, doing the Nazi salute all the way do, through. They do the entire time, which was the same thing that yeah, same thing uh, that Mussolini did. Mussolini did and his fascist, you know, government. Uh apparently was very fashionable back then. They probably goose step too. Yeah, they did goose step, actually. Yeah, because that's just what that's just what tyrants do for their armies. They, they goose step. They make them goose step. <laughs> Look, I know there's probably a decent reason for that. There, there is, but I'm sorry. I look at you doing goose stepping, marching, and I'm going, You do you realize how ridiculous you look? You're supposed to be terrifying because of what you represent. And you look like the Ministry of Silly Walks. <laughs> so the entire time of the movie, it's like, oh, the Adelche is coming. Um, I'm gonna call him Castro, but his name is like Castro. No, it's not Castro, it's Mussolini. Yeah, Mussolini. It's like, oh, Mussolini's gonna be at the uh, performance and he loves he, he loves loves puppets, <laughs> and then he uh, finally showed. And it's like, it's like there's, is, there's, are we actually going to do this? Are yeah. we actually going to have Pinocchio perform for Benito Mussolini? Mm -hmm. Yes, we are. But he's been, but Pinocchio's going to do it in the best way possible. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so the setup, because I actually looked it up. Uh, Mussolini was five foot seven. He's a little shorter than I am. Right. And I'm like, but of oh, course, he played to the Napoleonic uh, complex, the Napoleon complex, and you want to make him look like he's an idiot because Napoleon wasn't shorty, wasn't really short either. No, he wasn't. But he shows up and be like, you know, <laughs> he's so short. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what I, the heck? <laughs> up to this point, while Pinocchio's been performing for the, you know, the circus, they have this very patriotic song. They always seem to end their performance. On, oh my gosh! Which is yes, been, which is this very patriotic i fight for the fatherland blah 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 blah. Yeah. that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> and he's, before he goes up there he yes. says expositor i have got an idea are you up for it we're he's gonna like, have a real good performance for mussolini tonight 
<laughs> oh my and god! And is up for it. Yeah, and he gets it's up like, there and he says, "I poop for the fatherland. <laughs> I fight for our enemies, or something like that." And I'm just oh over here laughing. It's the same song, just with yes. words changed. But even the, the uh, entire skit, the choreography <laughs> is is the same, except he keeps referencing his butt. And I'm like, this is a poop joke. This is a fart joke. This is bathroom humor. <laughs> I should uh, hate this based on my own sensibilities because it's not a one or two thing. This is like, no, this is the entire point of the scene. Yes. This is, we've really got to show how much we hate Mussolini in this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, and I'm sitting there going, I should hate this. I want more. (laughs) Keep going. I want the whole song. I want you, I want all those other versions to have been the abridged version for pacing issues. And then this one be it's Here's the, the five minute version. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, and then and these the best parts for me anyway, just from yeah, an acting perspective. Yes. From just watch this is at the beginning of that, he says, I like puppets. Uh, I, I, I like this I like this show because they'd seen a picture of Pinocchio. Yeah. And you get to the end after Pinocchio's oh, done yes. all this stuff. <laughs> he says, I hate puppets. I hate this puppet. Burn it all down. <laughs> Shoot, shoot, shoot the him puppet and, shoot shoot the puppet and burn the whole thing down that's like i'm both for and against this because yes the circus leader whose name i've never remembered since i say his name at the beginning of this right thing, i don't like his character you're not supposed no, you're to. not supposed he's to. a villain but it's like i'm happy to finally see this character's comeuppance mm-hmm. hoping spazatura comes out okay because strangely enough while spazatura mm-hmm is not a likable character in the beginning right. you really feel for her or him or whatever right the by this point yeah by this point it's like you want spaz you don't have spazitor is just as just as a, a slave to the the circus guy as pinocchio mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. and you want him to you, i'm gonna say keep saying her because it's kate blanchett <laughs> so it's like you, you want to see her escape too it's like uh, as anyway Sorry, I jumped on you, but yeah, no, uh, Mussolini. Yes, Mussolini. The character I was not expecting to be in this film. (laughs) But my thought was like, okay, they're gonna allude to him. Yeah. Be like, I didn't realize they were gonna bring the character in and make this enormously distorted parody of the character right. and I, I just lost it i was like oh my gosh they brought him in i i, I want to point this go out. for it under normal circumstances i watch the film and then i make cat notes yeah. with the cast list right but because i thought this was a normal pinocchio film right i and i had a little bit of time before i had a chance to watch it uh things so if i went ahead and did the cast list part of this early before i watched the film right so i'm looking and going i don't know who half these characters are but you know these got to be major characters i'll just pick a spot down here on imdb and i'll, I'll be where i saw because that's you know because you, you can tell when you're reading an imdb mm-hmm. list most of the time where the main cast ends mm-hmm. and you start getting into the uh additional uh additional voices category mm-hmm. even yeah. though they actually the characters have names and I'm reading through this and I'm going, okay, so we got Podesta, we got a character named Spazatura, we've got Lan- uh, Candlewick, okay, and wait, who is Tom Kenny playing? 
Mussolini. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting going, is Pinocchio 1930s or was it 1800s? I thought it was 1800s. How are we in World War II? So I'm going in, it's going, obviously the set, there's a setting change. I want to know how they're working Mussolini into the story. Yes. Because I have no idea how you're working Mussolini into the story. So I was already a little bit interested in this before I even got started. Right. And we get to that scene, it's like, this is the best way you could have worked Mussolini into the story. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so, oh yeah. my gosh but yes they br- they brought they actually brought in Mussolini and I was like oh my gosh this was <clears throat> amazing yeah. the, like small scene you bring in a historical figure <laughs> you distort him into a, a a parody of what the character was and yeah. it's just golden it's like oh my gosh it's like I don't like this puppet shoot, shoot the him. puppet shoot and, the puppet and, and burn the <laughs> burn the circus to the ground burn the circus ground it's just like click boom it's like ha oh my gosh it's amazing i'm sitting there going you can end the film right here yes there's a whole there's a whole nother subplot coming up you know i almost don't care Mm -hmm. you you kind of just you became my favorite movie of the year so far (laughs) this scene that's that's kudos Mm -hmm. kudos to you my friends yes (laughs) so good so freaking good be like i'll be like yeah, yeah. One thing, Mussolini was five seven. He wasn't a, a, a dwarf. No, but it looks so funny here. It, it does. No, but it's the like we said earlier. It's the Napoleon effect. Yeah, it's Napoleon. We also effect. know he wasn't short. No, but yet if you show Napoleon, you gotta make him short. You have to make him short because that's funny. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, uh, I, that was that was my Mussolini like, was my original number three. But I thought of another one while we were talking about it. Okay. Because I haven't mentioned Spazzatura. No, my <laughs> other favorite character in this. Okay. Because I Spazzatura, the monkey whose name is garbage. Yes. Which I'm still there going. It's got to be the Italian word for garbage, which means Pinocchio. You know what you're saying. Oh, but Pinocchio. Yeah, okay, I can see. Hey, I'm not caring. Mm-hmm. I can understand the the circus leader not caring. Mm-hmm. Jiminy Cricket calls him Spazzatura. Yes. Geppetto calls him Spazzatura. You know, maybe you can think, maybe you can have one go, is that really your name? <laughs> and then they have the monkey go, mm-hmm. <laughs> just move on. But that character went from being the first time I saw the it when he was putting up the flyers for the mm-hmm. circus. Yeah. They were thinking, oh, you're trouble. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like you. You're evil. <laughs> he even got that evil monkey look about you. You know what I mean by the yeah. evil monkey look. Evil monkey look. Yes. He's like, you're you're the evil monkey. You're going to be someone I'm not going to like. And you, I, you're just going to be that person you, we keep having to see is like the the toady underneath this guy. I think you're supposed to be. Yeah. And we're n- you're never going to have they, any redeeming qualities. Yes. And then like the by the what the third or fourth scene, not five minutes after the character oh, yeah. is introduced, you're going, Spazzatura, you deserve better than what you're getting. Yeah. Exactly. You are you, you are a friend mm. to this guy, and he is just ignoring you. You need to leave. This is a toxic relationship. Yep. <laughs> you are not going. This is, this is not going to go well for you. Run away. They Run made away. this character, who in the Disney film, like I mentioned, is mm. the cat. Yeah. That Mel Blanc was supposed to voice, and they decided not to voice him. A know nothing character. We wouldn't. You don't even think about. Yeah. In that film. To being like the best character in here besides uh 
the rest of the main cast. Yeah, I agree. You when you see them falling off the cliff, oh, you're like, Spazatura, no, <laughs> you can't die, Pinocchio. Oh, he'll come back to life. Yeah, because he's by this time we definitely know he's immortal, uh-huh. and he's not made the sacrifice yet. True. So it's like, Spazatura, no, you can't die. We need you at the end of the film. Why? You weren't in the original story that I know. Is this was the was the version of this character in the other one still alive at this mm-hmm. point? I don't know, but it's like this became my favorite character. And I should hate that character. And I do at the beginning, but they did such a good job with this character True. that it turned me around. And to some of that, despite the fact that almost all of her lines mm-hmm. in this film are variations of Ooh, ah, eh. Yeah. It's Kate Blanchett. Shit. Yes. <laughs> now here's the thing. People who know me know that when I saw her in Lord of the Rings, I developed an instant crush on Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I admit this. She's the best part of Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Very yes, true. the fan film. The fan film. <laughs> Just because it was officially made and made by Spielberg and George Lucas was involved does not mean it's not a fan film. Gotcha. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Uh, of course, she was in the three Hobbit films. Uh, freaking hella mm-hmm. in thor ragnarok Rock. she's the best parts of all these films to me because oh it's kate blanchett mm-hmm. i like kate blanchett she's pretty <laughs> i'm sorry fair you fair i know you have similar feelings about other characters you have to you're a guy yeah exactly <laughs> but kate blanchett, julia roberts anybody but kate blanchett for whatever reason has always been that instant crush that's like yeah i know i'm nowhere near your league I'll, right. I probably would if I ever got to talk to you. I'd probably hate you as a person, but I like looking at you. Or, or and you're and you're kind of and I kind of you, you're just fun in everything you're in. It's, you're another one of those characters. I will actors. I will never hate in any film they're in. They'll be the best part of it. Okay then. And I didn't realize it was Kate Blanchett until the film was finishing, <laughs> and I saw that, and I saw the go look at the cast list. I go, Spazatura was Kate Blanchett. <laughs> I didn't see this. You didn't see it. Well, I saw Kate Blanchett. And you, like I said, I made this list up ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. I had, I had recognized the names. I was like, oh, Ewan McGregor's in it. He's mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. But I hadn't, I don't make the connections till after I see the film, which is why right. I was not real worried. And I'd seen Kate Blanchett was in it. And I thought she was playing one of the, either the Wood Sprite or Death. Mm-hmm. And the figure told the Swinton was playing the other one. I thought that's who who she played. I thought, oh, one of those characters' names. The Wood Sprite's probably named Spazatura. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm a stupid American. I don't know what Spazatura means. Because I don't. Mm-hmm. Until I looked it up. Like, oh. It's like, oh. It's like, the monkey? The monkey, monkey? is this character? Is oh. Kate freaking Blanchett? Too <sighs> funny. Way so, yeah. too funny. Kate Blanchett did an amazing role with what little she had. Right. Yes, some of that's acting, but like even her, is the is the model work and the animation. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I, I, neither one of us talked about how beautiful this animation is as part of our life. Oh yeah. And I think absolutely. that's just because so much of the rest of this mm-hmm. film is just so well done that neither one of us had to, you know, exactly fall back on the easy uh, one. <laughs> yeah. Bonus animation of the movie, fantastic. Yes. Easy. Is, it's so good you just swear it was 3d yeah exactly 3d cg you swear it is and yet it's not 
Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Kate Blanchett's role as Spositor is going to be my third like. Gotcha. But as much as we love this film, we got to say something gotta, bad about we it. We got to say something bad about it. I want to go first, if that's okay. Go for it. I know I have a slightly unpopular opinion with this. Really? This is a musical. It is a musical. But none of the songs are memorable. That is true. I'm sorry, but the song that Pinocchio sings uh, when he's first on mm-hmm. stage performing does not hold a candle to got no strings on me. And it's got it the same doesn't. rhythm, too. It does. And it's like they meant for it to be the same song until they realize, oh, Disney owns the rights to this song. So now we got to change it. Mm-hmm. It's like, and, and it's, the, the kids singing it is a tech on a technical level is doing a good job. Yeah. Do not get me wrong, but I hated listening to him. Hmm. No one. He's the only one I think who actually does sing throughout this. That is a couple other parts where it made sense where it would, but he's the only one. And his voice melds too much into the rest of the mix Mm -hmm. to some degree. And then none of the songs really stand out except the poop song. (laughs) but that only works because because we played the normal version earlier yeah and as much as i find that's just funny as a moment that's not a song that you would put on the in your on on your uh, iphone to listen to in the car that is true it really isn't there's not a song in here that i would listen to outside of the film and i am sorry musicals should have their, their song should have that kind of quality where mm-hmm. you could well, it is does best within the film. Mm-hmm. It does a good job within the film. True. Uh, it should also be able to work, maybe not quite as well, but it should be able to work in a home listening environment by itself. It should. There are plenty of songs I didn't realize were part of musicals until mm-hmm. I actually saw the musical. <laughs> go, oh, I didn't know that song came from this musical. That's interesting. None of these fit that criteria. And I don't think Guillermo del Toro is actually, I think this is like the first time I've seen him do a musical. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's very good at directing a musical or at least not in a stop motion. I'll yeah. say, um, but yeah, the, the songs that play throughout this, they could have been left out. And I think the film would have been better for it. I gotcha. So be, before I go to my, my score ver- is fine. Yeah, don't get me wrong there. Yeah. But the actual musical elements of it, they could have been left out and it would have been fine. It would have oh, okay. been just as good. So before I go into my dislikes, I, I want to quote a character from a from another studio that's owned by Disney. And this is probably from one of their not most favorite movies, but it's appropriate. No strings on me. Ultron. Yeah, almost got Ultron's line correct. Because he is actually quoting Pinocchio. Yeah, he is quoting Pinocchio. Like, there are no strings on me. There we go. Thank you. Thank you. But, okay, so my first dislike is more of a... How did this character get here? So, the... Uh, the uh, Oh, the, the camp has been bombed or... It's, oh, yeah. It's blown up. I know what you're about to say. Yeah. So, but like, we see, you know... Pinocchio goes flying, you know, is on this, you know, barren rock. And then all of a sudden, our main villain just shows up. 
It's like, oh, you followed us. Yeah. How? That's news. Okay. I mean, I I like. Shouldn't you be dead by Mussolini? Yeah, exactly. Shouldn't Mussolini have executed you? Yeah, because you you upset you upset the Dolce. I mean, like you die. (laughs) It's like, but no, he just comes back from the scene. Shouldn't that shouldn't that scene have gone? Shoot the puppet, burn the camp Mm. down, kill the kill the uh, the the circus leader. Yeah, throw him into the whatever the Italian word is for gulag. Throw him into prison. Yes. Lock him up, throw away the key, let the monkey go free. Yes. But no, we get this unexplained uh, reintroduction to our main villain. And he's, well, obviously he's, he's mad because, oh my gosh, you ruined my career. You ruined my show. So I'm going to put you on a crucifix and burn you. <laughs> I think I saw an Ultraman episode like this. <laughs> <laughs> or Common Rider for that matter. It's like, yeah, I, I love the scene as itself, but when the character just pops out of nowhere, no explanation where he comes yeah. from, it's just like, how in the world are you? Why are you? And I'm sitting there actually thinking at this what? time when this is happening, it's like, okay, you know, this isn't going to do a cotton picking thing, right? Right. He's going to come back. He's immortal. Every time he's died, he's come back. Mm-hmm. Just because you burned him. Doesn't mean he ain't coming back. True. Heck, uh, when he comes back at, after this, when he comes back early, mm-hmm. his body should be being digested by the dogfish. True. And it's not. <laughs> he just appears. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I guess that's how that's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, that that was that was my first that was my first dislike is the fact that our main villain just pops out of nowhere. But like it's a good scene. Do not get me wrong, because it sets up a really good scene later. Yeah. But that could have been set up so much better to where like be like if he they would explain something, like be like, oh, be like, I was here, but you know, I escaped or whatever. Be like, he never explains anything. He just he's just there out of nowhere it'd be like it would have made more sense if he would like escape we saw him li- earlier but no he just shows up in that one in that scene and then he falls off the cliff and we actually see the character die which was interesting which is like oh okay you know you don't see that in kids films but i don't know I, this, uh, that's how gaston died yeah but you don't actually see him die you see how- gaston fall to his death but you never see him okay. actually die i admittedly have not seen the film mm-hmm. but i'm aware of the scene and that's tarzan mm-hmm. how clayton dies you don't see him himself yeah hanging in the vines yeah. but you see his shadow and nothing is left to the imagination oh yeah so i mean it happens yeah. is what i'm this, trying to say this one this one watching this film it's like oh okay freaking, they, they fall in the cliff e- and just smash right in the rocks freaking evil queen in snow white and the seven dwarfs which were coming just coming up by the mm-hmm. way she gets it mm-hmm. by a giant rocks uh, laying on her landing that, on her that's true i forgot about that so yeah even before this they were yeah not afraid to they, they brutally, they to weren't afraid brutally kill characters off <laughs> The but villain. This the villain off, but this was done very well. Scar gets eat by hyenas. That's true. You see the shadows tear into him. Yeah, and then it becomes a very handsome throw rug on Hercules's uh, floor. <laughs> yes, but anyway, that is my that is my first dislike. That our villain, our main villain, not the 
uh is he the main villain is there is there a main villain well i mean like he's he's the main antagonist for like most of the movie until you get you know so the podesta really is doing something in the podesta Really, it's both of them just interfering with Pinocchio's life. That is true. Neither one of them really fits the whole, the actual main villain role. It's Caveat, like yeah. you got two major antagonists who yes. are about as evil, and they will not go away. That is true. But, but yeah, uh, yeah his- jumping off of your yeah, go for it dislike. Uh, from the time the camp explodes mm-hmm. until almost the end, it really feels like each scene begins. Also, this happened. Mm-hmm. Like you said with uh, that. It's like, oh, this guy's alive. And now he's going to crucify and burn at the stake like a witch of Salem, mm-hmm. a Pinocchio. Like that's going to do anything. And then, oh, yeah, we fell in everyone fell into the water and oh yeah you remember that dogfish we mentioned earlier and that we saw oh yeah just geppetto and no. cricket in there yeah uh, they're still around yeah we got to save them uh and he's just off the coast he's just off the coast and they get there it's like oh maybe we can get maybe we'll just hang out and he'll spin this out it's like pinocchio that's not gonna work he only surfaces once every 200 years or so he's gonna go back down and we'll never see him again it's like you know all things considered considering how things are going to go in Europe in the next couple of years for you guys may be the better move. <laughs> maybe, 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 but no, it's like, we're going to, we have to do the whole thing. And of course, Pinocchio's last immortal death mm-hmm. to his actual death. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like not even two minutes. Yeah. And I'm like, I get it's, what it's you're, just, it's rapid. I get what you're doing, but it's like, you spent so long for hey, he they spent so long blowing up the the the, the mine. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I get, it. I know what you're gonna do. Well, you just hit the stupid button already, <laughs> and then it's like, oh, you can't go back because of the way this works. I'm like, you made the deal. Who bloody cares? <laughs> you're just following rules, and your rules are st- Mm-hmm. send him back it's like oh you have to be the one to make the decision to sacrifice your immortality so it's like then why is he immortal you could have broke this glass at any time and made him a normal boy question quick, let me rephrase that a normal boy, boy. he's a wooden he, puppet he's still a wooden puppet he yeah. you, that's this is the only version of pinocchio i have seen where he never becomes human well in the live action remake he didn't either the one with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? No. Oh, no, you mean the one from last year? Yeah. He stayed a puppet. I could have sworn that mm. they had... He was still the CG character model, but he was more human-esque. It's no. been a while. It's yeah. been since we recorded that episode since yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. But um, either way, this is the only time where it's blatantly obvious yeah. that he, when he's the real boy, he's still the living puppet. And their excuse for why he's a real boy here is because he actually becomes mortal. Which we didn't know he was immortal till he died the first time. Yeah. So you took away anything about his death that would have been, you know, permanent before. Just like, oh yeah, he'll be able to survive. No, if you break go back early, you will break the rules and become mortal. And it's like why? And then it keeps going. It's like it's like 
it really does feel like they realized they couldn't end with the destruction of the of the boot camp. Yeah. They realized that at some point in there in the scripting process. So they found a quick way to bring back uh, the circus guy and Spazatura, even though you could have brought Spazatura back at a different point anyway. Right. And then wrote the dogfish mm-hmm. thing in there. Cause it's like, oh, okay, that's going to be our version of Monstro. I'm sure that's in the original story too. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, we can't just bring in Monstro or the dogfish without at least alluding to him before. Cause we got to, we, we're going to do what Disney didn't do and explain how Geppetto and, not and, and Jiminy Cricket got there despite yeah. the fact Jiminy Cricket was but anyway that's all added by Disney anyway so they can do whatever right. they want with that character at that point we're gonna sh- we gotta show how they got this so they can meet up and I'm like y'all came up with all of that part at the last and, uh, and like with, with like uh, a month ago before animation started didn't you mm. or while animation was being made and had to come up with a way to end this and so you kept adding stuff that kind of didn't need to be in the movie to make it a complete story right and really doesn't feel like it was executed very well or as well as the rest of it it's that part where it falls back onto the the fairy tale roots that it had sort of separated itself mm. from by being yes there's magic in the real world and we're going to be bringing world war ii oh by the way there's a giant dogfish in the Mediterranean Ocean that hasn't been seen in years that was not in real history. Mm. You can't say he wasn't there, but somehow nobody nobody mentioned him. Right. I'm going, this feels like it wasn't unnecessary. You could have had him uh, take down the, the, the boot camp and have him like run into Geppetto or have Geppetto like, show up right in front of him as he are getting ready to go home or something that would have mm. made just as much sense and then have a have an epilogue there at the church and you see spazatura walk up and says hey sorry for you kind of say say sorry for everything mm-hmm. can i hang out with y'all and like oh yeah they welcome him as family and you do the whole and and then you do go back go to the, the ending we actually got mm-hmm. that feels like that's what they could have done and it's like no we got to make another half hour of the film yeah and it doesn't feel like a lot of that half hour is necessary because a lot of it is seems like it's backtracking the rules they already made just so they can bring in the whale True. and kill another character that you could have just made us assume, oh yeah, he got in trouble with Mussolini and is in prison or got executed mm. or something. We didn't need to see him die. True. So I don't know how necessary a lot of that was at the end. Mm as a as a story i get you're adapt you're adapting the original story so you got to have that in there but mm-hmm. i almost didn't feel like that stuff fit what was going what what uh, del toro was doing with the rest of the film fair so yeah that's my second dislike my second dislike kind of favors in that same way that you have all this amazing build-up and story development throughout like the first like two halves of this, the first two acts and then it's like be like you have to like quickly put everything back you know together to yeah. get your conclusion and like they're getting all like a first second act you have all this rich detail and rich storytelling and character development and blah 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 and then it's just like third act it's just boom 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 and story over now yeah. it's good in some cases but its pacing is just it's so a divergent from what yeah. you're doing in the first and second acts 
So even your third in, act is just like, it yeah. just rushes through everything. Even in the scene, it really does feel like they inserted it just so they would have the scene to introduce the concept of the dogfish. Mm-hmm. It feels like it was animated like too quickly. Mm. Like, for instance, the captain, the way he leaves the story after he leaves them, you know, mm-hmm. to get eaten. Yeah. he It really feels like that should have been an, an Ardman entertainment film, not this film. It's very, it's very it's like, oh, we got to end the scene now. Yeah. And we don't want to kill the captain because we don't need to kill everybody. And we just don't need the captain at the end of the film. So we're just going to have him jump into the ocean and swim off. Yeah. And how can you run from this enormous dogfish? Yeah, that's that's my thought, but mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, that is that is my second dislike of this film. Is that the third act is a little mm-hmm. it, the the pacing has changed dramatically in order to get to your conclusion of your film. Yeah. So, like this could have been an two and a half hour film if they would have just you know kept at that same pace but they realized what it appears that they just need to cut everything down in order to get nice and trimmed to two hours they either cut it down or a lot of it was just added so it wasn't just another hour and a half right right that's that's what gets me is i can't tell which it is right you have a third i think my third no i really don't have a third dislike the more i think about it I mean, I could probably come up with a nitpick. Maybe. Hmm. Like, I, I really don't like how uh, Sebastian is just, his body is just rotting in Pinocchio's body the rest of his life, for eternity. I kind of think he, maybe he should have gotten just as buried, just like everybody, just like Spazitura. And that was true. The fact that he's in a matchbox in Pinocchio's body is odd. I mean, it makes sense that he remains in his home, but it's right, a, a little but, bizarre. But it, it, it comes at a weird part where it's like, cause, cause we see, cause the way that ending goes, you see a Pinocchio Spazitura, and Geppetto, and presumably Jiminy is there, but mm-hmm. we're at a distance, so Jiminy would be too small to see. Sorry, yeah. not Jiminy, Sebastian. Sebastian. They're walking toward it, and as and, and from time to time, in, in the order they the characters probably died, mm-hmm. you'll see Geppetto disappear from the walk, and you'll see another gravestone mm-hmm. on the hill next to Carlos, and then you see that with Spazatura. No, it's no, it was. It, it goes to Gemini next, but I mean, yeah. you also see that with Spazatura after this. Yeah. But then Jesus, and I, and then I died, and my body, and I'm thinking, and you were buried with everybody else because you were an important character whose body should have been laid to rest like everybody else's is laying in Pinocchio's heart inside of a matchbox. I go on. I could see the Pinocchio from the beginning of the movie doing something that stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but not the one by the end who had become as human as anybody else. Right. And it was understanding a lot more of things. And I would, I don't know how cricket culture works in this universe, right. even though they do write books apparently. Mm. Uh, but shouldn't he get the same amount of respect as Geppetto and Spazatura in where they're laid to rest? Ah. Because as far as we can tell, we're not, we don't really know this for certain, admittedly. 
but Pinocchio's immortal again. Mm. Which means the body of ain't one assumes that the character that 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 uh cricket's body will you know decompose and everything mm-hmm. like any other one would in, inside that but it's like it feels like shouldn't he be laid to rest with everyone else as a res- as an as a show of respect mm-hmm. granted he's still kept close to pinocchio's heart i guess is the symbolism mm-hmm. or the equivalent of it because he was supposed to be his conscience mm-hmm. except they never said that <laughs> he's just supposed to keep him on the straight and narrow which is like telling him you're going to be the conscious, but mm-hmm. we're not going to make you the conscience. And I guess they do show him at the beginning when they're bringing him to life that he's as much a part of Pinocchio yeah. as the rest of it. But it just still felt weird. Yeah. That Jiminy Cricket is still running around inside Pinocchio's body. One assumes in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s mm-hmm. and however long Pinocchio was still running around. Yeah. Whether he died at the equivalent of old age or got burned in a fire and somehow didn't get i don't know i don't we don't know what happened to pinocchio yeah, sebastian even suggests that like the, the movie like yeah I, I i would i would assume he's died he's died at this point you would think but then we don't know this no because they're gonna be like he now, is granted, immortal as long as he doesn't get killed right now grant i do like that last shot of cricket playing poker with the with the rabbit oh that, that was, was funny that was funny I, I, it was well it was one of those moments where it's like okay the movie's over and i'm getting up and i'm walking over here to kind of to do something i don't remember mm. what and then i look up and it's like oh you're now playing poker with the with the rabbits that's awesome i do like that part but yeah. it's like still i will nitpick it's like i wish jimmy had been laid to rest with everybody else mm. anyway my my second, my third dislike. Now, granted, this is a nitpick. Be like, we don't get to hear Sebastian sing that much. Now, granted, if you ever heard Hugh McGregor sing, he sing oh, amazingly. Yeah. So we get like these little points where he starts singing, gets interrupted. Be like, I was like, ah. But then you get the ending, which I liked. We get finally to hear him fully sing, which is great because if, if you've ever watched or listened to Moulin Rouge, he does a fantastic job. Right, but. It was like me, like come on, let the cricket sing. <laughs> but he finally gets to sing at the very end, so that's more of a like a, eh. But we get a resolve in the end, right? Yeah. So ranking this thing. ranking, yeah. I'm giving this a nine. Oh, okay. Every issue I had with this is it's not a nitpick per se, but mm-hmm. it's like at the at the end of the day, I don't care that much. Okay. About it, so. And it was just such a joy to watch. I really want this to win whatever award it's up for. Yeah. And if it is just best animated film, I mean, what's it going up against? Uh, Turning Red, Lightyear. Yeah. Uh, it's going up against some films that are not. With it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great year for mainline animation. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I really want this to win for whatever one it's up for. Yeah. I assume it's that because I doubt it got actual best picture nominated. But Probably. yeah, uh, I'm giving it a nine. Uh, I'm also giving it a nine. This is a fantastic film. It, I mean, like, has the issues like every other film, but this movie is golden. The first two acts are like, oh my gosh, this is freaking amazing. The third act's a little sped up. Be like, it's it's got this, you know, just chop beat to everything. And it's it doesn't have the same pace as like the mm-hmm. the first and second acts, but overall I love this movie to death. 
highly recommend it. It's definitely not, you know, a little kid's film like the original Pinocchio was. And the grin, the first Pinocchio was frightening. Yeah. If you look at it, be like, you know, hey, there's, there's not a lot, much. There's a lot of smoking. There's, there's not much scarier than seeing uh, Lampwick turned into a oh donkey. My gosh, that was freaking frightening <laughs> as a child. I was like, what the heck? But uh, yeah, it's it's like you know the Disney version, except it's still dark and it's Del Toro. So yeah, it's dark and strange and weird, but beautiful at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, nine. Which means we need to announce what our next movie is. Mm-hmm. And we're getting to one that I, uh, this was one, another one of those that was on the list last year in September before we decided to do Bad Movie Month. And it's a film, probably the earliest animated film that I think that I, I actually have memory of. Mm. It's not going to be the first one I watched because that honor probably goes to Lady and the Tramp because mm. apparently I loved that film as a kid. Mm. But that's not what we're reviewing this time. Next time, we are going to be reviewing The Rescuers Down Under. Whoop, whoop. Ooh, this, is a, this is a good one. Yes. George C. Scott in my favorite role of his. Oh, my gosh. I didn't make it all the way to the third grade for nothing. <laughs> So join us next time for that. Oh my gosh! Uh, let's go ahead and hit the uh, bump, uh, the intermission, and then we will get to talking about what we've been watching, news, and then talk about X Men. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out the Untold Podcast, which is a speculative fiction podcast using the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out the Untold Podcast at theuntoldpodcast.com to listen and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons, Ashley and Francisco Ruiz, Book of Gaming, PaulJPowers.com, and Melanie Dubois. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. So Jacob, I got a question for you, my friend. What have you been watching? All right. So what have I been watching? So let's get into that. So as most people know, I am a history nut. I love history. No. One of the the parts of history I love so much is the Roman Empire, the Roman Republic, the Roman Empire, and how that all fell apart. So there is a, a Netflix series called the Roman Empire. And I was like, it's like, oh, this sounds cool. Be like, yeah, it is not family friendly at all. <laughs> Be like, it, it's it's dealing with Julius Caesar. It's Julie. It's dealing with uh, Caligula, and dealing with um, I am forgetting the the first Roman Empire they were dealing with, but I will get to him in a moment. But 
this was a very very good because the, the first two did very well they changed a thing here or two about one of the emperors but i, I was kind of like eh, why did you do that why would you do that uh hold on right next come on adrian um yeah commodus they versus the, the emperor commodus if you don't know who commodus is go look him up be like he walked into the the uh he walked into the uh the he walked into the gladiatorial games wearing a, a a lion head that's what he's primarily famous for but they changed a little bit here and there i was like mm, that's not exactly accurate so for me it's like they did commodus they did julius caesar which is a really way, weird way to start it but they did that and it was like okay that's cool and then they got to caligula which is a very polarizing historical figure in the roman empire mm -hmm. the fact that be like he wasn't liked by the senate he wasn't liked by the senate body because he didn't do anything they wanted him to do he was endured by the people and so you had all these fantastical horrible things that the man did even though we can't physically figure it out because they destroyed everything and everything was written by the senate because they were in power and plus they wanted to uh definitely in historical accuracy they wanted to they wanted to julius caesar was great augustus was amazing augustus was you know the 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 uh the the light of being an emperor and so everybody else was had to be you know downplayed mm -hmm. so in this it drove me nuts definitely towards the end of this uh this first this third section because they get into caligula so Caligula historically in the historical records was claimed that he was having doing bad things with relatives. Let's say that, <laughs> but it's only rumors. What was saying in this show, they make it actually that he's actually doing this. There's no, there's no historical fact that he did anything with any kind of relative. He didn't. But they're playing it as the truth. It's like, oh, okay, I see you're trying to make it more dramatic. I get it. But then they go to Claudius, Claudius, which is his uncle. Historically, Claudius was the kind of the black sheep of the family. He was he was ostracized because he had a stutter, he had a limp. Because in the Roman Roman I mean the Roman patriarch here, you had to be perfect, like the perfect Roman male. And Claudius didn't fit that. So he was ostracized, he was pushed to the side. Nero, I mean like Caligula gave him a gave him a job when no one else would. So historically, uh later historians would believe that Claudius was involved in Caligula's assassination, but according to according to history, they found Claudius. They found Claudius in the in the temp in uh in the palace hiding when the centurions found him, and they brought him back to camp and named him named him emperor. In this, they they'd be like Claudius is behind the conspiracy, and he's there when. Caligula is murdered by his guard, which is completely, completely inaccurate to every single T to the letter. I was, I was 
furious. I was like, what in the world are you doing? That is completely inaccurate. That entire section on Caligula was completely wrong. And to me, the history number is like, foul! Why are you doing this? <laughs> I'd be like, it was enjoyable, but it's a family friendly. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I I wish I would have got the, I looked at the rating better. I was like, whoa, okay. They're showing a lot of skin here. Let's just say that. But, but overall, it was great. The third one made me mad. The first one was like, ah, okay, that was okay. But overall, great. It was a great, it was great. Definitely if you're a history nut. If now, if you're like a history nut like me, you might get mad at it. But so getting, uh, going away from my tirade of my history nerdum. Uh, so bef- I, got, I got done with that. I'm done with my notes for tonight. Mm-hmm. And so I'm be like, I need something fun. That's going to, you know, be like a little bit interesting, a little bit of, and I stumbled across a show that I've forgotten that I had not finished. And it was a show that Chase and you would be like, we're watching. And I was like, you know, this is kind of cool. This is interesting. And uh, I started I'm curious what this is. I started rewatching. Oh, come on. Let me get to it. Toradora. Oh, Toradora. I didn't, Toradora. I didn't finish that. Yeah. I, I only oh got like two or three episodes in. Gosh. Like, so I, I finished the episode. That's, that's not one of those. It's like, I must keep up and watch every episode. Yeah. Anyways, for me. So the, but anyway, so I, I finished the episode I didn't had finished before. And it was like, oh, okay. That's how that episode ends. And then the next one, it's like, it's the, the, uh, the, the, the pool episode. I'm like, oh my. And just how that episode's like unfolds and the whole bit that uh tiger doesn't know how to swim and she's mm-hmm. so insecure about her body and it's like it's so interesting that her 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 buddy who's probably gonna be the love interest at the mm-hmm. very end uh i haven't watched the whole episode so no spoilers please um she literally turns into a tiger and mauls the entire school <laughs> but no it's 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 so funny because she she's She's she is just singing by the she's trying to impress people. It comes off very well until the uh um uh, oh what is she, what does she call people she doesn't like? I can't remember. I don't remember. It, it's it was been too long. Since yeah, I it was it. Some, like some some you know like some kind of cat or something like that. But then this character throws her into the throws her into the children in the pool and obviously she can't swim so her best friend comes in and dives in but tigra is uh, it's not tigra uh tiger yeah tiger 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 that thank you tiger tiger is so be like she's thrashing around she can't swim but then she's embarrassed by one of the um implants it pops out <laughs> and so it's this hilarious scene where she's worried about this and her her friend her friend love interest later i presume mm-hmm. uh pulls her underneath and pre-inserts it puts it back in it's like what the heck <laughs> i was like what in the world's going on i was like okay that's interesting that was funny Mm-hmm. uh so yeah I, i'm i'm definitely interested in how the show continues so i might you know pick it back up and i was like what in the world so that is one of the things i watched uh i've been there again i'm a huge um 
oh, what do you call it? Uh, true crime fan. Right. Uh, it's one of the things me and Ashley absolutely love. Uh, one of the things we have this big common um, together. <laughs> Hi, Ashley. Love you. Uh, so, so I am, so I'm getting through one. It's about uh, airline disaster and mentor pilot on YouTube. And he goes through, he's, he's a pilot from Spain and it's just so, it's so well done. And like, it's entertaining. It's factual. It's nerdy. Mm. I, I love it. So yeah, that's what I've been. That's what I've been watching. So what have you been watching? So you expect me to say car ranger. I do. I actually didn't watch Car Ranger this week. Say what? <laughs> I needed a break. Oh, okay. If we're being honest, too, needed... too much silliness. <laughs> you got to realize I went through Turbo, Power Rangers Turbo, in like a month. Wow. And then I jumped straight into Car Ranger, which is the same show, but different. Right. And it's like, I need a break from the cars. It's a, don't get me wrong, Car Ranger is a far better show than Turbo is. Mm -hmm. Just simply because all the silliness has context, mm. if that makes sense. But I needed a break from it this week. I will jump back into it probably uh, next week. Mm. But I did go back and watch something else. But it will require a little bit of a story for me to get to. Okay. Because as you know, Mandalorian is going right now. That's right. Yeah. And I did watch second episode mm. of season three of Mando. And I know this is going to sound crazy, but without spoiling anything, mm. the Mandalorian show right now is going through a lot of Mandalorian history mm. that other shows that happened in, in other shows, mm. shows I never got around to finishing. Oh, namely one particular show that I have no excuse for. Okay. Star Wars, the Clone Wars. And you want to know how little excuse I had? Really? I was four episodes from seeing Black Sun and or Darth Maul take over Mandalore. From seeing Satine, uh, Duchess Satine, mm. die in Obi-Wan Kenobi's arms. I know this is all spoilers. This is old. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I was that close. Mm -hmm. And great, I had to get through four episodes of we're droids. We're going to save the, save the Republic and with this little short dude. <laughs> I had to go, which don't get me wrong. Those were some fun episodes, right? but it really felt like we'd been on filler. We were, we were, we were finishing up some filler. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is, it's not that the show was bad before this point. Yeah. It's a very good, well-written show. It's just, you know, it took a little bit for me to get to mm -hmm. back into it. And I was, I, 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 the last episodes I had watched were uh, before I got back into this were the ones that introduced. Um, oh, what is his name? Um, he was in, he, he's in Rogue One. Um, the character is, and he's played by Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched the episodes that introduced him. Okay. And it's like, and that was such a dark and depressing story because of the story it was telling. Yeah. That's like, I had to take a break there and then time got away from me and I never got back to it. Mm. So I watched this, I watched those first four episodes with the droids. And it's like, eh, this is kind of funny. I, this is a great show. I don't know why I didn't watch that. I didn't keep going after this. And then the next episode starts and I'm like, Oh, Bo-Katan. 
hi i just saw what happened in in the other show same actress love that it's the same actress both in in clone wars and in mandalorian oh do love it's the same actress it's like oh bo katan you're here this is that story isn't it is oh yeah i forgot you were working for death watch which makes you a hypocrite excuse me But yeah, 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 you were working for Death Watch, and yeah, you are Satine's sister, and yeah, this is a lot of this is your fault because you went along with something you knew you weren't supposed to be going along with, and it got and that that story arc was extremely good. You okay. extremely good. I was like, this is amazing because you get Darth Maul, of course, because Darth Maul is the best character that the prequels made. Yeah, if we're being honest, yeah, that they never did anything with in the original movies outside of that first episode and then you get this story arc and it's like he's you see him bring in together the pirates so you get um oh the big pirate guy from that show i can't think of his name Mm. he shows back up in rebels i can't think of the guy's name but you get a good episode with him you get um and then you get you know the 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 siege of mandalore Mm. the seizing mandalore you get the whole thing and then and, and then you get the death of Satine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that was really sad. And that was painful kind of to watch, you know. And then it starts playing. The Imperial March. Oh. You see a shuttlecraft come in, and walking down that shuttlecraft is a hooded figure. Darth Maul says, I haven't sensed a presence like this since Master! And he He's a scared because his master just showed up, and B is like, "Oh, I kind of do want to see him, but he's going to kill me." <laughs> and remember, he's running around with Savage Opress, his younger brother. Clone Wars, got it. From Clone, yeah, this is Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, and and you get this whole, and you get this after this all this cool stuff that was been going on the last couple episodes with the death of. Satine and mm-hmm. Mandalore getting seized and all this. All of a sudden, you get Darth Maul and Savage Opress fighting Darth Sidious. And it's like, this is epic and cool in so many ways. And yes, I see how you got around Cartoon Network censors. I'm still here for it. <laughs> I was like, this is so cool. Why did I not watch this originally? Because this is a very well choreographed fight scene. Yeah. And you, you get... Like you get uh, Maul running around with his with a, a single with, with a single lightsaber. Yeah. You get Opress with the uh, with the lightsaber staff, and then you get uh, Sidious with his one. Mm-hmm. And it's like this is an amazing fight scene to watch. And then Savage gets killed. And it's like, a I'm happy to see Savage die because I really never liked his character. He, I didn't think he was a good replacement for Maul. That's why you had to bring Maul in. And it's like, don't kill him. He's just trying to be a good younger brother to his older brother. Because you really get that feeling. Yeah. It's like he was just trying to be a good guy. A good, a good, he's trying to show up as uh, be a be the he was the younger brother to 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 Maul. Maul. It's like, huh, I, I don't I, I don't want you to die. I have no. And, and it's at that moment I realized, oh, Maul's going to survive. He has to survive. He's in Rebels. He's in Solo. It's like Maul has to survive. How is he going to survive fighting Darth freaking Sidious? 
and I don't, and even now I can't tell you how he survived other than it's like, oh yeah, you're just going to suffer now for a while till you escape. But still, and that's kind of what happened, but yeah. it's like, that was so cool. The 12 year old in me is happy. I finally watched this. And then the next episode starts playing. It was the first of the four part arc where Ahsoka leaves the Jedi order. Oh, I'm very like, close to finishing that. Very, very I, I won't tell you how it ends. I, you know how it ends. Yeah. But, but that arc, and it starts off, and I don't, I'm thinking, oh, this is just another weird little side story. This happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. They're going to, someone was stupid enough to bomb the Jedi Temple. They're going to go and her and, uh, and Anakin are going to go find this. And it's a nice little story. It was kind of a, that first one is such a standard Ahsoka Tano mm -hmm. kind of story. And then the second one starts. And she's being framed. And then the third one starts. She's trying to escape and she gets helped out. I don't, where did you stop? Where did you stop? Uh, I'm, I'm no, I'm not near that, but I, I understand what happens. Okay. Basically they introduce, they bring back a character from clone wars mm. that was introduced in clone wars. Okay. And that character helps Ahsoka escape. But then because of the way the setup happened, she, Ahsoka thinks that this other character was the one who set her up even mm. though it was not her mm. basically and then you get to the last one and ahsoka's on trial after she's been forcibly she the, after the jedi already expelled her from the order so that she could be tried as in the by the senate yeah which already is painful enough to watch her mm. get expelled by the order because she didn't deserve to be she was set up in all this yeah and then the rest of the Jedi abandoned her. Yeah. So that happened earlier. And we're watching this trial. And it's like, oh, this is, it's heartbreaking. That story is heartbreaking to watch. Yes. The true culprit gets found out. Yeah. And if you've been paying attention by that second episode, you kind of know who the real culprit is. They're oh. not really hiding it very well. Yeah. If you, if you're, if you're genre savvy, you'll have figured it out. Mm. But, um, that person does come to justice. The other person that helped her, you know, she, since that person would technically be wanted by the Republic, mm -hmm. that person is still free to go do whatever that person needs to go do. And you get to that last scene and they're offering her her position. They're offering her to let her back into the order. And they're giving her that little uh, bead thing that represents her uh, little rat tail mm -hmm. that, the, that Anakin had that little beat thing so she yeah. can come back as a paddle one and she just says no mm -hmm. i i'm done I, i've i've got to move on from this yes that was my trial but as a, that was my that was the thing i needed to do to move on to be a knight but i'm not going to be that in the jedi order and she walks away and it's so painful to watch because it was so much of you know so much of the life we've seen her have yeah and she felt abandoned so now she's feels like she she doesn't she's never she can't trust them anymore yeah so now she's got to go on to another life and she's and it ends with her walking you know out and it's painful to watch to watch and then thankfully what was okay let me ask you when we were watching uh tangled the series mm -hmm. what was the thing i complained about most at the end of episodes especially dark meaningful episodes Oh, that end credits music coming in. Yeah, going. And then I got my. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that annoying little yeah. whiplash. They, you think like every other episode, it's gonna go. You're gonna hear that big Star Wars fanfare come up as it's 
going into the end credits mm-hmm. like it always does and it doesn't it's a slow sad mournful thing as she is you know befitting where yeah. this is and like and then i'm sitting there and i realized something i was watching it this was the last episode of season five mm-hmm. disney bought star wars after this and canceled season six mm-hmm. season six was mid-production so this was until the lost missions ended up on netflix the final scene of this show yeah i feel for everyone who was keeping up with this when it was live oh my god because <laughs> it's like good night you just got stabbed in the chest shown your heart and now you're being lowered into ma- in, into the temple of doom into that lava pit that's kind of how it feels okay fair and then disney bought everything and, and we're and we're and we're killing we, we and we're canceling the show because we don't want to pay cartoon network i'm like oh i'm really glad i know there's two more seasons <laughs> I know they're shorter, but I'm really glad they're there because this would have killed me if I was watching it live. It would have killed me. Right. I, I'm being only slightly hyperbolic here. It's like, oh, that was so, so, so good. To the point where I, while I was getting set up, I started season six. Huh. And this is the episode. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but let's just say Order 66 is involved. Ah. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Those who know how it starts knows what I'm talking about. That's like, oh, this is an interesting story because you're setting up, and that because that's the thing I started noticing. Mm. You look at season one, you can see how it looks like episode two. Okay, in season five, they're showing things that make you think episode three mm-hmm. because you see Anakin's Jedi starfighter that looks suspiciously like a Tie fighter. Yeah, you see different things like that, and then you see, but then you get to that uh, tribunal. Ahsoka, that that show trial that Ahsoka is being put up, yeah. put on, and I that was the first time I looked and went, "Oh, we're in the Empire. The Empire isn't official yet, but man, that architecture is imperial, <laughs> painfully imperial." Yes, actually, it started in the prison, but still, oh man, that was it's it's so I understand now why people love this show because mm. it's not that I didn't like it before; it's just it was like, okay, this is another Star Wars show. And then you get to those last two, and it's like, oh, I must have missed a lot of stuff from the previous ones just trying to work my way through it because this has to be like the way the rest of the show was. It's just not what I remember. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many of those times where it's just like, and now we get a Jar Jar episode. And now this. And then you get to fourth season, and it's like, and you get the episode everyone talks about from season four, which was Heart of Darkness, Mm. a.k.a. Apocalypse Now episode basically and everyone talks about how good that was and i just remember thinking okay it's a good up it's it's a good four-part story but it's still four episodic parts that are okay it wasn't what i wanted but it was okay and then you get into season five it's like oh now you're gonna pull all my emotional heartstrings (laughs) halfway through season five and season six is doing it too already and i'm like even though the the character that the order 66 is not one we know but uh, do you remember the character Fives? Yes. He's involved in that story. Really? Right. Because you know, he's an arc trooper by this point. Yeah. And like, and and you're watching him having to deal with it, deal with seeing what he might be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to finishing Clone Wars. And Clone Wars is pretty much where I what I've been watching since Wednesday. Oh, okay. 
Uh, of course, Monday I played uh, Breath of the Wild on stream. Thank you for linking that, by the way. No problem. Uh, and then Tuesday, I don't remember what I watched. I think I was just tired Tuesday. Oh, Tuesday is when I watched the movie. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That's what I've been watching. Okay. So, Jacob, my next question for you is, what do we have in the news? The Cellcast News with your host, Jacob Heron. I don't know how far down this is on your list but i do want to wish you a happy mario day yes <laughs> because this is march 10th when we're recording it this. is i still need to release that image thank you for reminding me uh so yes uh i will get that in a moment uh but first uh remember that cue i asked you to bring up yes something about a batman i am vengeance i am the knight that's right so think by the way i if you if you could uh put that link the link you sent me put it on the facebook page is absolutely hysterical just saying i love that scene but i could play it live (laughs) you could you could play it live but let's finish let's go through this part of the news and then we can play that okay so okay so all right so uh everybody knows the big debacle went down on uh hbo max and they decided to cancel everything except for velma really (laughs) i have a suspicion that some of that stuff that got that Mm -hmm. was canceled on hbo max Mm -hmm. may be popping up elsewhere considering i think Uh the news you're about to bring up yes which is not animated but i don't care no this one is animated uh, nearly seven months after being axed by the big HBO, HBO Max uh, animation purge, Bruce Tim, J.J. Abrams, and Matt Reeves yeah, that is animated. recalls a uh, uh, callback to the days of Batman the Animated Series with Batman Cape Crusader has found a new home on Prime Video. Amazon has reportedly ordered two seasons of the show, which was announced on May 2021 and was described by the co-executive producer as thrilling cinematic and invoking of Batman's noir roots, noir roots, noir, noir. That's what I meant to say. Noir, noir roots while diving deeper into the psychology, the psychology of the, of this most iconic of characters. We can't wait to share this with the world. So yes, Batman, the Cape Crusader is getting a second life on Amazon Prime. So, uh, ever since it is March 10th, 10th being Mario Day. Well, on it, March 9th, because it was March 10th in Japan that day. That's true. <laughs> so, uh, Nintendo released the, the final trailer for the Super Mario Bros. movie. And uh, which will be in theaters May uh, April fifth. If you haven't seen the trailer, I think it's on our Facebook page. It is, yeah. So go check that out. It's a really fun uh, trailer. What did you think about the trailer? Uh, I had 
three things I absolutely loved about the trailer. First off is uh, the crazy, uh, what is that thing called? Oh, from Gal- Super Mario Galaxy, the uh, Luma, the crazy Luma. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, had been in jail probably a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I'm looking forward to see how that goes. Uh, uh, I I really like Fire Donkey Kong. That's something we've never seen before. That was funny. That was Donkey good. Kong with power ups is something yeah. we've not seen before. Yes. And then it's like we, the idea that uh we it, does they, the fact that we're getting both Mario, two two D Mario and Mario Kart kind yeah. of in the same film. Yeah. Is like, oh, this is so good. They even have the uh, when they're picking their carts. Yes. There at that one point, if you look at the bottom, you can see that it's the actual uh, cart selection screen from Super Mario Kart, from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Really? Yeah, they're the same type of interface. Oh, I was like, okay. okay, that is so cool. Uh, so yeah, I, 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 I think the movie is going to be good. I am at that point now where they don't have to show me anything. I got you. However, they did update their website. They did. Really? Yes. The Super SMB Plumbing website from a couple of weeks really? ago. Really? Didn't know that. Yeah, they updated that. Uh, there was a couple more testimonials. Okay. Are you curious what they were? Go for it. I got to bring it up. Hang on. All right. So from Drip Drop Be Gone, five stars. Never seen a plumber actually go inside a pipe while on the job, but I got to say, I love the thoroughness. Another casserole, four stars. Saw the plumber's flock. Saw the plumber's flyer hanging up at Punch Out Pizzeria. These guys are turned out to be fantastic. Princess of Queens says, uh, four stars. Even my building, even my building's broken elevator couldn't stop these guys. The two just started jumping floor to floor to reach the top of our skyscraper to fix our sink. Oh my gosh. Jump.man says with five stars says the M and L on their hats should also stand for marvelous and legendary. Hmm. And uh one star from Dunna 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 says uh these guys showed up to tackle an emergency job. They showed up in no time, but as soon as they went underground to investigate, we didn't hear from them again. Hardy hard. I suspect hard. this is the this is actually meant um, a mm-hmm. moment from the movie. Yes. And then Pipe Dream says, amazing brother, uh, amazing looking water, courtesy of the brothers. Oh my gosh. Four stars. Yes. So yeah, that's all the new ones. Oh, okay. So, so this, the, 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 they are going so hardcore into this. They are funny. They are. I'm loving it. So I believe it was, it was early last week. I know we, we put it, we put it on Facebook and the whole bit, but we finally, finally got a trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, the animation was very unique because uh, the I think so, I heard someone say, be like, yeah, the turtles sound like they're teenagers. And they got a stellar cast to be all the supporting characters mm-hmm. for the most part. And it sounds like a good movie. Be like, obviously, they're supposed to be teenagers that are turtles or ninjas. And uh, I'm interested in where they're going with this film uh, because early reports, they were going to high school and they changed a lot. And uh, I've, I've heard people say this is dead on arrival, uh, how people are trying to 
say how bad it is because how they're betraying April O'Neil. Honestly, I don't care. Um, it's a character. It's an adaptation. You do it. It's fine as long as you keep the, the core of who the character is. And I think if, if they do a great job, better for them. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to this film, see what they do with it, and uh, just let the film speak for itself rather than saying it's dead on arrival because you just don't like what they're doing with it. Just saying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all I have for info stuff for news, unless you have anything else. Not that I know of. Okay. So let's go ahead and jump into our look at X-Men, the animated series. Mm-hmm. Previously on X-Men. Sulky, over funky, kinda hulky superhero. Hot to twisted and electrically transistored superhero. An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero. The Marvel superheroes have arrived. His amazing friends, Iceman and Firestar. First episode of the evening, Whatever It Takes, which aired first on November 6th, mm-hmm. 1993, directed by Larry Houston and written by Julia Lewald. In this episode, Storm recovers from her injuries and returns to her duty as leader of the X-Men when a tear in the astral plane appears in Africa. Storm goes there to investigate. It just so happens that the tear is in her home village. Meanwhile, Xavier and Magneto are lured to the Savage Land in Antarctica, and Wolverine continues his search for Morph. For some reason. For some reason. Speaking of Wolverine. Welcome, her. Wait, she's not joining the X-Men, is she? She's just a kid. Wolverine. <laughs> okay, one, I mean, you like. You did ask for me I, to do I, something. I, I, did, I did ask him to, you know, it was like, hey, bub. Because we're like, that's on fun. I did not expect him to use Pride of the X-Men. But props. Oh, my gosh. You should know. Yes. That for an hour. When I got home, I'm listening through so many things, trying to get find a good quote. Mm. Not that there weren't good quotes, but there's a lot of good quotes we can't use on the show. Fair. And then, and because hey, I didn't want to pull something from X Men the animated series. That's cheating. Mm. And most of the X Men movies, the language is a little rougher than we'd like. Fair. Which left all the other shows and 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 games. I actually included games. I watched a lot of scenes from the deadpool game because wolverine's in that mm. the deadpool ps4 game yeah 
It's like there's got to be something funny that Wolverine got roped into with Deadpool on this, and it's, I just wasn't liking mm. anything I was seeing. And then I remembered, oh yeah, Pride of the X Men exists, and he was Australian in that for some reason. <laughs> Very true. Oh my gosh, this episode be like it, it's it's pulling from different directions. Obviously, you have the X Men; they go to South, they go to Africa to right. investigate. Uh, I still got some stuff. Oh, go ahead. Because I haven't read. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. We just got to talking about that other thing. Yeah. Uh, We got Dave Hemblin as Magneto. I am Magneto, master of magnet. (laughs) Wolverine doesn't talk in that game. That's why I couldn't use anything. Yeah. Uh, Ron Rubin as Morph for some reason. And then uh, Maurice Dean went as the Shadow King. Uh, trivia for this: we get cameos from Deadpool, Omega mm. Red, Maverick, and uh, Morph turns into because Morph turns into them before fighting Wolverine, and later turns into a Panther, a Rhino, and then the villain Sabretooth. Mm-hmm. I like to point out that that was a Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a re- that wasn't a reference. No, shouldn't have. And then Rhino did fight the uh, Spider Man did so sure. i'm sure that was not a reference either no uh, we also get cameos from blood scream and rough house seen leaving the bar that morph is at in the jungle hmm. uh the reason why professor xavier can walk in the savage land isn't explained well no in the comics due to a fight in the astral plane his body was injured but his mutant mind on a subconscious level thinks it's crippled when his powers are deactivated that part of his mind is shut off and he can walk again However, later in the episode, the Juggernaut returns. The flashback shows young Charles Xavier already having his mutant powers and still retaining his ability to walk. Hmm. That's interesting. The red basketball number 23 jersey Mijnari wears mm-hmm. under his shirt is made to look like a Chicago Bulls it, Michael it Jordan jersey. It does. Shadow King mentioned to Rogue her body is rather full, referencing all the memories of such and such of people mm-hmm. she has touched. Mm-hmm. It could also be a reference to the later episode, which revealed how she got her super strength and flight powers in a battle with none other than Ms. Marvel, mm-hmm. which is technically Carol Danvers, who mm-hmm. we know now as Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've got. Oh, okay. So like I said before, this is a uh, kind of a triumvirate of stories it's got yeah it's got you don't normally see a three no you don't a a three plotter yeah you got magneto and charles are stuck in the savage land you have wolverine trying to find morph because and then you obviously you have storm because the writers on this show love storm so much we have to give all of her backstory to like every other episode it's just like, yeah, okay, we, she's claustrophobic. And now we get her entire backstory before everybody else, which there again, Storm is a great character, but why are we getting so much of her backstory at already? Least in this, the flashbacks in this episode, she had the right skin color. That is true. That is true. Character, color correction stuff, you know, fun stuff, Things right? that they didn't think about in 1992. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 93. 93. Sorry. But uh, yeah, this is a good episode. I was more like, oh, okay, we get more Storm. Now, granted, if you love Storm, great. More power, more to, power you. to we're, you. We're happy for you. Yeah. But 
there are more characters than Storm, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. And Cyclops and Jean Grey haven't had that much. Yeah. And it's Give us like, Rogue, please. Which eventually we do. Give us Gambit, please. Or Wolverine. Yes. We barely oh. know who this guy is. Oh, he wears a cool costume. He's angry. He's got claws. Yes. Sneak. And I forget. Last episode, we did find out why he's going after Morph. He's the only one that made, made me, me laugh. laugh. Thump. Wolverine. <laughs> you need help. Yes, agreed. So I love you, Wolverine. You're you're one of the best characters in the X-Men. There's a reason you're so popular. Mm-hmm. Besides the fact that you're just the Batman of X-Men. But <laughs> tell me I'm wrong there. No, you're not wrong. I mean, his his costume literally is just two Batman kissing each other. My gosh, you're not wrong. <laughs> I stole that from a meme. But uh, yeah, Batclaw, anybody? Snick. Either way. That, uh, that would be interesting, actually. Yeah. That makes more sense than Batman Iron Man, which has been done too many times already. Right. But anyway the amalgam universe go look that up i'm just saying that if dc and marvel will not publish this themselves they need to let somebody else need to let boom studios do it or idw they already have third party okay make it where i can actually get it okay not this collector's edition nonsense okay give me a decent uh they're not that expensive either they're not when were they printed uh about the mid 90s okay give me a new printing okay please okay all right make it to where i can read it on comiXology if i want to okay fair i'd rather read the physical version but you know what i mean fair fair so to to kind of highlight wolverine in this story so wolverine is still upset that you know he didn't get gene and he's still mad about, you know, it's like, er, Cyclops. Er, I don't like Cyclops. So now I'm going to go find the only person that ever made me we laugh. <laughs> and the, the scene that cracks like, me I up, really want Nightcrawler in this thing soon. Yes. So the scene that got me was just made me go, what? And I laughed at it. So obviously Morph can morph into other characters. And he's like toying with Wolverine. That'd be like, oh, I can become anything you want. If your nightmares, he turns into uh, Deadpool. He turns into uh, like, yeah, Omega, Dead, Omega yeah, Deadpool Red. Is, is, is in his nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. And like, Not allu- this alluding, version of Deadpool. Yeah, all- alluding to Weapon X. And then be like, and he, he turns into the Panther. He turns into the Rhino. And then be like, right in front of Logan, right in front of Wolverine, he turns into Jean Grey. And then he just goes to butter. I'm like, really? You know this is Morph, man. Yeah. You, you know it's him. Why are you losing your flipping mind? You know it's him. Be like, do you just have that weak of a, uh, oh my gosh, I see Jean Grey. I go weak in the knees. I'm like, you know it's Morph. And he just loses it. I'm like, really, Logan? You're supposed to be this bad. Urgh, I'm a tough X-Men. I don't deal with things. But Morph, right in front of you, you see him do it, turns into Jean Grey, and you turn into Putty. Really? <laughs> and I'm then the just, like, I'm just gonna say that while I stoop my memories of the show from my from my original watching mm-hmm. are hazy. Yeah, I swear I don't remember there being this much of an actual relationship 
between Gene Gray and Wolverine. Oh, I, I in get the that first season it wasn't really applied I that get much. That he's pines for her. Oh yeah, that's fine. But a lot of this, I'm still sitting here going, should I don't remember this being that big a deal yeah. as much of a thing. Yeah, definitely <sighs> season two. They've kind of amped up like everything. But I, I just, I, I just mean, I guess you got to get it hysterical. You got to get it set up for for uh, a lot of the season three stories we know are coming. Mm-hmm. So true i get it i just I, I found it hilariously like wolverine big bad wolverine and then he sees morph his the guy who makes him makes him laugh still with a zombie bat so, still with his uh Z- his, his evil his, his evil eyeshadow his evil eyeshadow you like, i gotta do this on my own and you're like yeah the x-men will be here for the why in the world did you go hunt him down then i'm still thinking Morph, you're only doing this because you got a bug up your eye. Uh, Mr. Sinister put there. Yeah. This is not you, you. This is not the you from the first episode. Still. Yeah, they, they even implied be like, oh, it's this darker side. Like, no, Sinister did to this. Mr. Sinister did this. He, he's manipulated by a Sinister. Still. Still. At, le- at it's, least. It's, it's just like this this logic of be like, oh, my gosh, he's fighting his inner demons. Like, this is like who Morph really is on the inside. No, it's not. No. At least it's not hairbag. Oh, my gosh. No, it's not hairbag. Anyway. Are you making fun of me? How'd you know my name? <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, we, we get the... Oh, we're stuck in the savage land. Oh, we don't have our powers. Oh, Magneto still is not a really good guy because he kills a dinosaur. He was protecting himself. I agree. Xavier. I agree. I agree. It's not I'd... like the T-Rexes of the savage land are endangered. I'm sure they're fine. That is true. That is true. But uh, and then you get into the main story where they, they have to go to Africa and we get we get more you know aurora storm love of like oh we can understand who she is yeah oh she's connected to the shadow king oh it's just so happened to be the the village she's from okay i have some dumb questions okay fire away those dumb questions so my head cannon in there during this Mm -hmm. rewatch is that the reason she commands the weather Mm -hmm. like she does is that this was how she had to do it when she was the goddess of her village, right? And so this is about the the best way she knows how to focus her abilities and control them. Mm. When she's being possessed by uh, what I keep want to say, Spectre, but that Dark Spectre, but that's a Power no, Rangers. The Power villain. Rangers. <laughs> uh, what is his name? Um, Shadow King. King. He and he's using her powers. He is commanding the weather like her goddess form does. Mm. And I'm like, can she just not control the weather like Wolverine controls his claws? Apparently, or like Cyclops uh, shoots his eye beams, where it's just like a simple thing. Does she, is it not physically possible that she can just wave her hand and cause a rainstorm? Mm. I get that. Why she part of the reason her character does it is because of the goddess. Psycho- psychology that affected her when she learned of her abilities. Yeah. And she's still kind of playing that role. Okay. But I guess I'm kind of wanting more of the, I guess, Halle Berry esque storm when she's mm. not being storm, when, when she's being controlled by somebody else. Okay. I expect her to kind of, I, I expect, 
don't know. I can see Shadow King saying, "Do you know what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning?" <laughs> the same thing that yeah, happens to everything, everything else. else. It's like that sounds like a line Shadow King might say. Yeah. Oh, and let me just say, I love the that we actually get a nice deep voice on Shadow King, mm-hmm. despite the fact I'm still looking at this going, Shadow King, really? This definitely feels like right after giant sized X-Men plots <laughs> before Chris Claremont really took over the story. This really, really, this is what we're go- going with. She, uh, anyways, this is such a weird character and possesses her godson. Yeah. She doesn't call him godson. She says it's her son because she breathed the breath of life into him and, and helped I'm, raise him. And I'm getting this. I, I get the point, but he, she's he's still the other one's child not yeah. really yours yeah but but he calls but, her mother but talk about a shocking moment when she says my son is like you had kids wait what when did this happen it's like oh no no, 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 no. was brave enough to bet a goddess <laughs> in your village that's my thought okay that's fair. literally the thought that crosses my eyes like no fair. it's god child yeah it's like you could say that, mm-hmm. but you mention it one time, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time it's like, "Oh, mother, oh son." It's like you're not related mm-hmm. by blood. Well, maybe not by blood, but still. Yeah. Also, I still haven't found the connection from you being a street rat in the Middle East to you being in Africa yet. I would still like this connection, please. If you're gonna tell the tell all of Storm's backstory, yes, I agree. I would like that connection. But you hadn't done that yet. Right. Right. But whatever. Yeah. Good episode. Also, Good episode. tell me how your skin changed colors in those two episodes. <laughs> I, that annoys me. I agree. It does. It's an animation error. I get it. it. It's it's because it's 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 one thing when the, the picture changes. Yeah. Which for uh, that Wolverine was holding in those two episodes. But I can kind of rationalize it that it was a separate picture. Yeah. And it was a scene that happened like a little bit later. Yeah. This is just like, you just showed the same scene, but you animated it twice and gave Regine the, gave Storm, made Storm look completely different. Yes. Why? <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Good episode. Uh, I wish that the Wolverine story would have been a little more fleshed out instead of, oh, Wolverine's trucking down Morph and does nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh, the X-Men will be here for you. Then why did you track him down? Maybe let him, like, rest and do his own thing, and maybe he'll come back. Let, let him work through that manipulation, not be like, oh, his dark side game. He's are. obviously not worked out that stupid bug in his eye. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of Wolverine, hmm? let's go into Red Dawn. Yeah. Which came out on November 13th, 1993, was directed by Larry Houston and written by Francis Moss. My guy Colossus returns home to Russia with Jubilee by his side. Mm-hmm. They are confronted by a newly revived Russian life force absorbing super soldier from the Cold War named Omega Red, who has a bad history with Wolverine. Apparently. Xavier, well, there's reason for this. Yes. Xavier and Magneto continue their treacherous journey through the Savage Land. In this episode, we got returning Robert Cadis Colossus, a.k.a. Peter Rasputin, Lynn Donchev as Omega Red, a.k.a. Arkady Rosevich, David Hemblin as Magneto. I already played the clip. 
Mm. <laughs> Elizabeth Rukavina as Darkstar. And then Tara Strong as Ileana Rasputin, mm. which I didn't expect to see Tara Strong's name listed at this time for some reason. <laughs> I know she was working at this time. But yes. Just, in my mind, I don't see her coming into anything until, you know, the late 90s. That's true. And don't forget, uh, Captain America shows up in one scene. Yes. And that's why it makes sense. Yeah. Because uh, if you actually go in, if you're looking at like the reason the Weapon X program happened. Uh-huh. The reason why, you know, a lot of stuff happens, it all comes back to that super soldier serum mm -hmm. that made Captain America. Yes. So it makes sense. The Russians are trying to make a super soldier. Of That's course. why you get that blink and you'll miss a cameo by Captain America. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that's why it makes sense. Why yeah, is there? It does. And it makes sense. And because we do know, I don't, we haven't seen this scene yet in the show. Cap and Wolverine do have a bunch of scenes together during World War II. They do, and we haven't seen that yet. But that's why he would have gotten involved with the rush with uh, Omega Red in the first place. Mm -hmm. uh, in this episode, we do have debuting Omega Red, Darkstar, and Ileana, who later, maybe not not in this universe, I don't think, uh, will be named Magic, mm -hmm. as that will be her uh, mutant abilities. Yes. Also, in this episode, Omega Red said he was imprisoned for twenty five years. He was frozen after the Russian government saw him out of control. With the show broadcasting in 1993, this would put his imprisonment in 1968, around the same time as the Warsaw Pact invasion of Czechoslovakia. Hmm. Just to put that in perspective. Ah. Uh -huh. So Colossus, my boy, is back. <laughs> I'm sorry. You got to remember Colossus, for whatever reason, was my favorite mutant character at this time. Hmm when i watched this as a kid yeah and i really can't tell you why other than he's peter he's he's peter uh rasputin mm -hmm. he is good guy <laughs> he doesn't crush sparrowag between men's thighs <laughs> he is not a bad guy but he's good guy he's just one of my favorite characters yeah, you got is. to understand this there's no good reason for it it's just he was so cool he was the mutant who had the weirdly cool ability okay true. for me it was like the coolest thing that this guy could turn himself into metal okay yes that's what it comes down to it. totally everything, everything else totally is like it. oh yeah you're cool no but hey look it's peter i like peter <laughs> Oh, this this is a good episode, dude. I'll be like, it's we we get a little more like who Wolverine is a little bit, and uh, I I like that because I've always I'd be like honestly I was a little more of a Cyclops fan growing up, which is fair. Yeah, uh, a little not, basic but fair. Yeah, basic but fair. Hey, it's like I, it's like it's I like liking, glasses growing up. It's okay? like I did too. <laughs> okay, but I mean, liking Cyclops is like liking Wolverine. True, you just do. That is true. You like them for different reasons, and you probably have a preference of one over the other, but it's not like you hate both characters. That is true. Hate one, hate one of the other characters. That's true. And, and you got to remember, for me, it's going to be Peter and Nightcrawler. Yeah, Nightcrawler. Those awesome. are my two characters. Yeah, agreed. that I just liked because they were cool. Agreed. And you didn't, and, and it was nice to see them show up because they neither character really shows up a lot. True. Although Nightcrawler shows up more often than Peter does. Mm. But anyway, yeah. So this episode is very interesting because there again, you get this introduction of Omega Red and Peter shows up in America for some reason. And it's like, oh, I have to go to America to find my, my X-Men friends. Why don't you just call them 
that apparently the phone is too busy or they're not hanging up. He's, he's from Mother Russia. They don't have the international calling. Apparently. I guess. Apparently. I guess. <laughs> but uh, by the way, be like if. By the if, way, Nathan, if you're watching, this is my audition for any Russian character you have on MIFA. <laughs> And you no, know, and, you need and someone no, from Russia, Mother Russia, to on your show at some point. <laughs> so just, 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 just in fact, be like, be like, uh, to any of our our Russian Russian listeners, it's like, uh, we're we mean no offense when we do the no the kidding, <laughs> no kidding. But just wanted to get that out of the way first. E, we, we a we mean no offense, and b if you are offended, bear in mind we offend everybody. We're we're mutually, uh, we're, we're mutual offenders. Mutual. Fair, fair. Equal opportunity offenders. That's that the way I was trying better, to come up with. Better phrasing. Equal opportunity offenders. But I just remember how much I pissed off the unicorn fans a couple years ago. Also, this is also Mickey Mouse. <laughs> well, okay, let's get. Into I'm this sorry. Episode. You got. I got off on doing voices. Yes, I. Uh, I am a unicorn. <laughs> Hush. <laughs> let's get to this episode. Kitty heaven. I'll stop. I'll stop. Thank you. There are very few people who might catch that reference. <laughs> but this is a good episode. It's be like, yeah, you Colossus returns, and somehow be like, he has to fly from Russia to America to New York to go find the X Men. Obviously, the X-Men are all over the place. Hey, he wasn't in Russia at the beginning of it. He I happened he was in Russia. No, he was, because uh, he's he saved uh, Jubilee there at the beginning. He happened to be walking through. That's right. That's right. That's right. To, to get help from the X-Men. True. And didn't know everyone was out of town, but Jubilee. Yeah, that's because true. Because that's what you do. You leave the mall rat teenager sure. in charge of your multi-million dollar uh, mansion. mansion with a giant holodeck in the in the basement. Yes, that makes a load of sense. Cyclops, Storm, <laughs> Wolverine. You were too busy with Morph. I understand. Yeah, I gotta find the guy who makes me laugh. <laughs> I'm just thinking, where's why did I? I, yeah, Beast? I, I understand. No, Beast is with Gene and Cyclops in washington dc that's true that answering true. the question of the mutant problem well, that's i'm true. thinking then leave cyclops at home <laughs> he's not gonna do you any good at that he's not that much of a talker he somebody needs to be babysitting jubilee i'm just saying <laughs> and the jubilee thinks like oh yeah we're gonna go help these people out yes, i and just I, leaves a note <laughs> like i didn't I, I didn't know you knew how to fly airplanes like, of course I do. I've logged 300 hours in the simulator. <laughs> it's like, Jubilee, you idiot. Also, like, a, oh, I know. I'll just leave a note. It's like, I'm off with Colossus in Russia fighting a giant goober named Omega Red. Right. Lunch is in the fridge. <laughs> I, I think that's a joke. It's not. It's not. Fun. That's what, basically what she says. Lunch is in the fridge or dinner's in the fridge. It's like, oh yeah, and th and then Wolverine shows up. He's like, oh, Omega Red, and oh. crushes, Cru the, crushes the paper, throws it on the ground, and leaves. And later on, uh, later on, when the rest of the X Men finally show up, says, "What took y'all so long? Somebody made it hard to read that note." 
you know, sometimes the writing on this show can be esoteric and dull, and you kind of wonder what they're thinking. And other times it's brilliant. Agreed. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So they have to fight Omega Red, and of course, it's like, oh, he he's he's a uh, receptible. He's he he recepts badly to cold. It's like, he, oh, he, he was fro he was in the deepest cold. Yes, which maybe if we can get him that way again, you uh, you mutant girl, my name is Storm. Storm. I am a goddess. <laughs> That's what I wanted her to say. Yes. It's like, you shall show me your proper respect <laughs> before I fry your belly butts. Do, you, do you know what happens to a mutant when it gets struck by lightning? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so. It's I'm like... sorry. That's who this storm should be. Is. She's like, she's just barely out of her goddess phase. She understands she's human. Yes. But at the same time, other Russian ladies like, you mutant. It's like, you just said that like everyone else, like all your other Russian <laughs> friends say, comrade. <laughs> also, kudos on actually doing a Cold War story in yes. 1992. Yeah, that was good. How was far, good. like, isn't that this at near the end of the Gulf War? Uh, this is like in the middle of the Gulf War. Yes. And that's pretty much Russia. <laughs> Wasn't officially Russia. Yeah. But it might as well have been. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, but otherwise. Also, also very interesting considering current events. Yeah, that is true. But anyway. Anyways, great story. Uh, it was great to get another villain. And then we get this big reveal. It's like, oh, be like, who could possibly be who, who brought Xavier Magneto to this island? I wonder who. <laughs> I don't know. Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, he's the total villain. It's like uh, some Hydra Bob. Hydra Bob was involved. Hydra Bob. Uh, the Deadpool character. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I don't know. One time when Deadpool was fighting Hydra, like you do, mm -hmm. he got he met a minion of theirs named Bob, who was kind of a good guy, but kind of got wrapped up in anything. And he's just trying to survive in in Hydra without getting killed. Okay. And he helps Deadpool out sometimes when they're around. And so he became known as Hydra Bob. Hydra Bob. Okay. He even shows up in the Deadpool movie. Okay. Despite the fact they couldn't actually use, use the name Hydra. Mm. They just called him Bob. Mm. Okay, then. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. Good episode. Like, what did you... I'd be like, did you like this episode? Did you enjoy it? You ask me when my, Rus when my favorite Russian is on screen. Okay, well, never mind. You liked it. <laughs> if I liked this episode. Okay. The answer is yes. Okay. Also, why am I not surprised that the Russians want to go back to the, or at least a faction of Russians want to go back to the Soviet Union? That's kind of what Putin wants to do. Pretty much. No, not pretty much is, <laughs> but either or. Anyway. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> uh, this is pretty much the end of this episode because yes. I don't have much to add. Yes. Uh, <laughs> We're running long in the the, the, the middle too, and, and we're getting a little punchy. Yes, um, bah, that too. <laughs> Next week's episodes with the rescuers down under, we will be reviewing the X Men episodes Repo Man and X hyphen Eternally Yours. Yeah, puns, people, puns, puns. So join us next time for that. 
in the meantime, this has been Drew. This has been Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at GGeorge759. His Twitter at GGeorge759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. don't like these puppets shoot him and burn the circus to the ground oh come not again <laughs> again again You're burning another circus <laughs> to the ground i depend when, when was the first <laughs> mussolini wasn't in the original pinocchio <laughs>